0: Damn. On a show that talks about time-traveling Bigfoot and alien sex cults, this is serious journalism, people.
1: Serious. This passion. time this
0: like, time we mean it.
1: If you think that there are not birds that are not <laughs> real, you're a moron.
0: I do have a superstition
1: that Satan and his minions... Yes interrupt mm. technological yeah. connections when conversations are getting yes. particularly interesting or or important At this
0: point i'm not throwing these weirdos out because maybe they're telling the truth why does everything have to be a hidden conspiracy where the <laughs> motives aren't really clear where you can't tell what someone's intentions are from their words why abby why i
1: i feel like you're just not answering the question
0: there is a pattern here that is definitive and -hmm. this leads us to the ceo's response which is not the way that you want to play being accused of in a conspiracy theory glowing metal things that are moving in impossible speeds and impossible directions Defying laws of physics Showing up over battlefields Showing up over important historical events For all of history This
1: is Chekhov's gun you guys It's the gun that's been sitting on the mantelpiece Since act one It's act three now I'm waiting for it to go off Hello, everyone. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 4 of Conspiracy Pilled. I'm Abby Levy. I'm here with my co-host, PJ. How are you, PJ?
0: I am doing good. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. Your hair is gingerier than, than normal, oh so you gosh. must be doing good.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So <laughs> anyway, let's just start the show off on a bad note. Let's <laughs> just do that. Let's just do that. No, I'm excited to be here. Um, yeah, I see the chat popping up already. People are saying, you're, are, you're still talking about Tartaria? So to explain, guys, yes. we are we said from the beginning, we we're going to do a multi multi-part coverage of Tartaria for multiple reasons. We did. If you're listening to this and this is your first time listening, you might want to go back to season to, to episode one of the season of season three and listen to our opening on Tartaria. <clears throat> and in that one, we talked about the basic idea of like, does Tartaria exist as a country? Is there this hidden history? With-
1: ah, he's gone. <sighs> Come back.
0: Man, okay, I'm back. There we go. You can hear me. So I was saying, yes. he, We went through the idea of a lost civilization and mud floods and I know uh, people had mixed feelings about it but what we said in the episode is there's so much to this theory. There's some stuff that's worth talking about. There's some stuff that's super interesting and what I want to do is kind of start there and say, you know, l- let's continue to look down this. We're going to do one this week. We're going to do another one next week to kind of close it up and then there's like other adjacent Tartaria stuff that will probably come up later in the season. Uh, but yeah, no, like I, I don't think I'm going to say what I said again last week. I don't think that most people who I'm talking to or who think they really believe in Tartaria as a country, as a lost civilization quite do. And I think next week we're going to really get into that more with, uh, things that are in the Tartaria umbrella that are really not Tartaria related. Like it's, it's a bad theory. Uh, right. Not gonna be when we talk about the millennial rain and antiquitech and stuff like that. That really has a bigger umbrella right. than these uh, cross Atlantic Asian giants, as I'm as I'm calling
1: it. <laughs> <That> it <laughs> all died in a flood.
0: Yeah. So tonight I want to get into the World's Fair cover up and some things that are related to that. There's orphan trains. There's all this stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything you want to get in to say before we just jump right into it?
1: I am here for Tartaria forever. Tartaria is the only Tartaria thing we're covering forever. for the yeah. rest
0: for of the rest of the show forever forever that no joke that has <laughs> so, <this laughs> <of> podcasts <laughs> have become just Tartaria 24/7. just Tartaria yeah is there a sign like we can't do the this we can't do the crossover because that's Wakanda forever so like, uh, <laughs> no Tartaria <it's>, forever <laughs> Tartaria. yeah can we do that yeah yeah it's without punching your microphone <laughs> It is the, yeah. It's the story of Wakanda, except it's you know Asians instead Tartuia of Tartaria
2: forever. <laughs> Tartaria forever. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, how
1: you do it, it's kind of
0: that's okay. what we'll, we'll just do it like that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think, too, like you know, when we, if you guys stick around, we're going to be talking to you guys on Rumble afterwards. For the people who are listening to this, you can come over to conspiracypill.locals.com and the full audio podcast is there for free. You can support us and get bonus unhinged content. But uh, for the audio listeners, we put the the show out. And then for the people who are here live, we kind of chat with them afterwards. And I'd like to have a conversation at the end of this about just making theories make sense (laughs) and not getting pigeonholed into trying to shove a square peg into a round hole, which I feel like so much of this research is. And I'm telling you guys, I've done more research for Tartaria than any topic I've ever covered on any podcast ever. And I am a person who does Obsessive research, like to the point where I drive myself a little nuts sometimes. Little, so, little bit nuts. <clears throat> a little bit. That's what, if I feel a little unhinged tonight, it's because I've listened to hundreds of hours of Tartaria podcasts. This is like when I read through <laughs> every read Q Reddit. post. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like that, right? Yeah. So I the the unhingedness of Abby uh, with QAnon is me with Tartaria right now. Nice. All right. So let's talk about the world's fairs. Let's do it. So, and I always have to like, do, you know, the official story, the unofficial story. So officially, officially, <laughs> officially, the World's Fairs uh it, it started ni- in 1791. Uh Prague organized the first World's Fair in Bohemia. And this was the first industrial exhibition that was the uh on the occasion of the coronation of Leopold II as King of Bohemia, which took place in Clementinium, I think. Clementinum. And this celebrated the considerable sophistication of manufacturing methods in the Czech Republic uh, during that time period. So they started. The, what what the world's fairs are? Is they're like big giant expositions like here's the world of the future type of stuff. Uh, kind of like if you watch the Marvel movies, like that Tony Stark Expo thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like that's just the modern day version of a world's fair. But Solid. they used to be much bigger. They would go for six months at a time. Wow! Like ridiculously long, right? Uh, so France also had a tradition of, of national exhibitions before they started doing world's fairs. And that eventually culminated in the French industrial exhibition of 1844 that was held in Paris. And this was the fair. This uh, fair was followed by all these other national exhibitions in Europe in 1851 under the great exhibition of the worlds of industry of all nations. That's a mouthful. <laughs> the world expo was held uh, in the crystal palace in Hyde park, London in the UK and these popped up in the area of industrialization, and they roughly covered the years from 1850 to 1938. That would be the first. There's three phases of World's Fairs. That's the first one. That's what we're going to mostly be focusing on. Okay. But I'll come back to like phase one, two, and three, like a Marvel Universe. Yeah, well. I was going to ask. It does, like ma- it does matter. Yeah, so we'll get nice. back into it. But think, think countries around the world trying to show off how advanced they are, the inventions they want to, to come out. So many things, again, this is whether you believe the official story or not, so many things came out of the World's Fair, including hamburgers, hot dogs, cream of wheat, uh, spray painting, um, all kinds of inventions, just tons and tons and tons of stuff. Nice. So, uh, yeah, World Expos, uh, yeah, they're there to show the achievements of the nations. So that's the official story.
1: What's the secret Real Now we've story. got the
0: secret true story. The unofficial story is that the world's fairs were held as a way to pass off Tartarian cities as temporary constructions and then destroy them to cover up the remains of the Tartarian empire that came before. And uh? right. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> These were temporary cities. Like that's the thing about the world's fair. And we're going to get into the whole temporary city aspect. But what people believe is that th- like, for instance, in Chicago, they built over 200 buildings in the course of just under three years. And people are saying those buildings were not built. They were not made out of plaster and wood. They were made out of rock and marble. And they were the old Tartarian buildings that survived the mud floods. Mm. And they had a big fair there. So people would think that we built these to show off our industrialization. And then they were going to tear them all down. the end Because they did. They did tear down almost all these buildings. In fact for the most part, every city has left up one thing that they built for the world's fair. Uh, but the rest of it got tore down. So some of the more, more famous things would be the Eiffel tower was mm-hmm. built for the world's fair in Paris. Uh, there's like that big globe thing in New York. You know what? I had a whole webpage full of all these things. We're going to get into some of them in a minute, but like they just, the space needle in Seattle yeah. was another one. So What's the, um,
1: are- the big, what is it called when it's a wheel and you sit in it, and you go around <coughs> and,
0: Yeah, so I actually didn't put a lot in in here about the Ferris wheel, but the Ferris wheel was invented for the 1893 Chicago World's Fair, and it was stupidly big. Like, it held like a thousand people. Like, I think there was like 20 people per car. Wow. It was the biggest Ferris wheel ever built. It was the first Ferris wheel ever built, and they demolished it with TNT after the World's Fair because it was just too big to, it was just easier to blow it up and like take the scrap out, apparently.
1: Huh. That reminds me of something, but I don't remember what.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just something that just fell into its own footprint yeah 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 yeah, yeah it does remind me of something mm-hmm. so <laughs> really quickly I want to show you this page you know what I forgot to I'm behind guys I will get my...
1: Yeah, stuff get your in order.
0: act together. And I will get my act together. I promise.
1: It's almost like your uh, kids came back this week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my my wife and kids came back. Uh, not, not that they left. That sounds bad. <laughs> they were gone for five weeks at her mother's house, and that sounds like we had a fight.
1: That sounds real bad, PJ. <laughs> that sounds really. Yeah, anyway, bad. PJ's they family came back to her
0: him. Family. Yeah, they finally <laughs> came back to me, guys. They were visiting her family for like five weeks because uh, they just don't get to go out there very often. So I, they came home last night, and I'm a little distracted by. Uh, kids and family time and all that stuff. I've been a bachelor for like five weeks. I've been having to cook my own ramen noodles. <laughs> <laughs> Darn. <laughs> no, my wife would be very disappointed if she uh, saw my diet for oh, no. five weeks. <laughs> I did go to my dad's uh, to eat a lot, though. So it helps. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, what I want to show you guys is generally in the Tartaria stuff, they talk about like three or four major expos. They talk about the 1893 uh, Chicago World's Fair. We're going to talk about uh-huh. that quite a bit. Uh, the San Francisco World's Fair, the Paris and the UK. Most most Tartarian conspiracy th- uh, threads, Reddit pages, podcasts focus on those. But just for reference, this is how many World's Fairs.
1: Like 100 years. We're,
0: we're still only in the 1860s. There's the 1870s. Yeah. We're not even to the ones they're talking about yet for most people. Holy the most crap.
1: Part. This was there, like the Olympics.
0: Well, actually, for science. there is a relation to the World's Fairs and the Olympics, but we'll get into that huh. later. Okay. They came back, I think, for the St. Louis World's Fair. Um, basically, it's like what brought the Olympics back. Oh. So, yeah, uh, just keeps going and going and going. There's a lot is my point. A wow. lot, a lot, a lot. So it's to me, it's a little disingenuous to, to pick one or two. I mean, I not always, but I'm just saying there is a reason why the amount of them matters and why I feel like it's a little disingenuous to kind of not to, just
1: basically only talk about Chicago, like almost. Well, like, all I'm of not the saying you I've are seen. not going to
0: pick your best like examples, right. but I'll, I'll say why. As right. we get to it, but right. yeah, a hundred percent, like there's so many of these things. And again, the whole p- purpose or I- idea is that they were all over because there was Tartarian buildings all over and they had to be worldwide because this was a, a worldwide cover up, and they had to tear down all these buildings. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I'm trying not to like, I'm trying to give the narrative without yeah. like just jumping into like r- poking holes in it. Cause right. there's going to be plenty of that, but yeah. So first of all, I'm just going to read this article. Uh, called I Do Not Believe in the 1893 Chicago's World Fair. Again, this is the one that gets talked about more than any other world's fair. But I feel like this does a good job of giving the kind of mindset and theories behind the Tartarian uh, cover-up stuff. And it just touches a little bit on everything. It's not a super long article. So Um, this is from Noah Joshua Hadley on the unexpectedcosmology.com. And it says, you were told that the city of Chicago once held the World's Columbian Exposition which is the name of the world's fair in Chicago. Actually, I'm going to zoom up on this so people can see it better.
1: Zoom enhance,
0: (laughs) enhance, enhance. The year was 1893 and the great economic panic was already underway. Some 27 million people, a number equal to half of the entire United States population arrived from all over the world to behold 200 newly erected buildings on 600 acres of reclaimed swamp, all of which had come to fruition within two years of its initial planning. It's more than two years, but it's less than three. Um, in as little as six months, Americans learned about moving sidewalks, phosphorescent lamps, Cracker Jack, juicy fruit gum, Quaker Oats, cream of wheat, shredded wheat, the hamburger, and a suggestive belly dance known as the hoochie coochie. Oh wow! Uh, Great. I've heard that name before. <laughs> I never knew what it was. The very, the very <laughs> first Ferris wheel built by some guy named Ferris. Ferris. <laughs> <laughs> some <laughs> guy. Some There's guy Ferris. named Ferris. <laughs> Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> Uh, made made its worldwide premiere. One of the most uh, visited uh, exhibits involved Nikolai Tesla and electricity, and because Buffalo Bill Cody was not invited, but could not be outdone, <laughs> he set up his Buffalo Bill's Wild West show just outside of the fairgrounds. Amazing. Which some people were showing up to the Wild West Buffalo Bill's show, whatever, <laughs> and thinking it was the World Fair. They're like, wow, this is magnificent and <laughs> huge and crazy. It's like, dude, this is like the sideshow to the world. Yeah.
1: <laughs> this know? is the wannabe fake <laughs>
0: Yeah. Amazing. And you can see the pictures here. Like, we're going to show a lot of pictures, but, like, the idea is that these buildings could not have possibly been built when they said they were built by humans with the technology that we believe they had. And we'll get into that in a minute. But lot of pictures in this. So if you're listening, I'm going to try not to just do picture and picture and picture and go. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, uh,
1: I'll, I'll,
0: I'll do my best to explain it, but you guys can come over. These and buildings
1: and the don't thing. look these these buildings. Wow. Don't, oh, <laughs> 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 do these do these buildings look temporary to you? They don't look temporary to me. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what temporary means. That's like every ti- I'm sorry I'm making fun of every ahead, Tartaria TikTok, which is like, look at this picture. Do these
0: buildings look temporary to you? And I'm like,
1: I don't, I don't know. I don't know what a temporary know, building
0: in black and white looks like.
1: Yeah, like it's made of <laughs> plaster and it's meant to look amazing. And I don't, I don't consider myself an expert on these things.
0: But they do. So but they are. Right. Yeah, they are. So uh, continue this article. It says numbered among its visitors was children's author and theosophist L. Frank Baum, who used the engineering marvel as inspiration for his own emerald city to come. But you probably already but you probably already know this already. That's a bad. But you probably already, already know, know this already. This already. <laughs> anyway, I don't get hung up on it. <laughs> you've done your research. You've gazed back fondly at something which is advertised to be a moment in time. Perhaps you're as you're a closeted building hobbyist and it's neoclassical architecture style drew your nostalgic gaze. Then again, maybe it's useless party facts uh, that you're after. So the next time someone is morally <laughs> <That's> outraged. <me. laughs> yep. At the mention of mommy and me pole dancing classes, you can sarcastically equip that the person who first taught the hoochie coochie was a woman named little Egypt, or you're just really into Ferris wheels. try not to sigh so heavily as you fog up your computer screen. When I tell you that I do not believe in the Chicago's world fair of 1893, it was a hoax. Mostly (laughs) (laughs) the official story is that the great white city was built akin to a movie set. You know you don't walk off stage or you'll trip over a bucket and fall into the rafters. Facades were made not of stone, but were we are told, but a mixture of plaster, cement and jute fiber called staff. Hang it also on. had horsehair and hemp in it. So you left that out.
1: It's okay, this this feels disingenuous already where he's like akin to a movie set where like you could walk off set and trip over a bucket and facades but like they built whole buildings, right? We're not talking about facades. Yes, yes.
0: So what he's talking about is more like um, I know you won't have seen this movie. So I'll make the reference anyway (laughs) is uh, blazing saddles where they build a fake town, but it's just the fronts of the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just like like two by fours holding. Yeah, yeah, this is not that these are whole buildings made out of wood and plaster. He's trying to represent
1: it that way, which is weird.
0: There's a lot of bad representation that we're going to get into. Yeah, got it. Um, Let's see. Uh, all this was painted white in order to give the Chicago and Camelot its gleam. Apparently, 27 million people braved the frontier by boat, buggy, and train and converged upon Chicago rather than New York, Paris, or Rome in order to be wowed by a neoclassical city built of glue and popsicle sticks, but was made to look like the real thing. I- even if that's it's so true, disingenuous. That, like, it is kind of, yeah. It, I mean, like, would you want to see a, a fake city that was that magnificent? It'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I would. Right, so
1: we're like the glue and pops.
0: <laughs> it's Come not, on. yeah, it's not fair. Uh, we're expected to believe that developers and ex- uh, exhibitors spent two years building and millions upon millions of dollars investing in which they would then turn around and destroy. They furthermore tell us plans were drawn to refinish the exteriors in marble after the fair was completed and the exhibitors had gone home on the Reading Railroad. But most importantly, that those plans were abandoned in July of 1894 when Chicagoans watched the city destroyed in a spellbinding fire. The fire is going to be a big theme of tonight. So yeah, uh, there was uh, uh there are absolutely no blueprints. Documentation is thin except for a few rinky dink shacks resembling put up props. Nobody built anything and we can right away dispense with the Columbus Smith. Okay. First of all, I, I was going to say this for later, this whole thing about there are absolutely no blueprints and there's no documents. I'm just going to destroy that one right now. Uh, there are, there are a lot of them. And in fact, they're linked on the Tartaria threads con- constantly. Are tons and tons of blueprints and t- like about how these buildings were built. They're old. In fact, they were fighting like requests to get them out of the Chicago Library for a long time because they were so old that they were worried if they unrolled the parchment, they would break. And then they still finally did get them and see that these are actually really old plans to build all of this stuff. So, wow, the, the documentation is not thin. There are insane amounts of documentation on the building right. of this.
1: That's one of those cases where. It looks, it looks like a conspiracy when the library is like, no, you can't see these documents that totally exist, (sighs) but it was a good reason. Like these librarians care about keeping their stuff safe and not letting like some wacky conspiracy theorists shred the, shred the blueprints.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like I said, I think that this was written in 2020. So I don't know if this was before they had released all these documents, but you can now go and find them very easily. Okay. Uh, and we can take right away, or we can take right away. Dispense with the clump. I'm sorry, this is poorly written. We can take right away. Dispense with the Columbus myth. You were no doubt spoon-fed the same syrupy cane sugar tale of Columbus' daring ex- exploits in search of Indian trade routes as the rest of us. Priest and geographer Giovanni Botero recorded in his book uh, Le Revelot Relazioni Universali, first published in 1591, that the Vikings had a. Ar- yeah, I mean. Everybody knows the Vikings and other people got here first. Uh, of particular interest to the World Fair narrative is the legendary, mythical Camelot city of Cholaga, which continuously cropped up in early New World maps. It even made an appearance in Botero's book, despite reports that the land. What itself- is he
1: talking about?
0: So, what he's talking about is that they believe that Cholaga was the name of Chicago when it was the Tartarian Empire, ah. um, instead of it being a Native American settlement. It's also on maps that are so old, they hadn't mapped out Michigan yet, so there are no Great Lakes on the map. And it's right next to a city in Canada. So it's like, (coughs) it's really anybody's guess, like where Chalaga is, it's either maybe it was what they called Chicago before, Mm. and maybe it's somewhere in the middle of Canada. And maybe it's actually such a bad map that maybe it's down in Texas. Like it's not a good map. Okay. Uh, The rivers line up. There's no Great Lakes. uh, There's, it's... It's just a name on a map and people are okay. making really extravagant theories about it. The, the The one piece of evidence was during the 1893 Chicago's world fair, there was a guy who was asking, Hey, we're trying to show the history of Chicago. What is this Chilaga thing? Is that Chicago? Is that what it used to be? Mm-hmm. And then a few people argued over it. And one guy was like, no, that looks like it's more in Texas. Another guy's like, no, that's right next to this city in Canada that has a very similar name. And that was it. Like there's just people oh, in the 1890s wow. going like, I don't know what Chalaga is. I mean, it looks like maybe it could be where Chicago is.
1: It's almost like early maps were bad.
0: Yeah. It's like early maps were really bad. And again, like the proof is shown in these newspaper clippings. I didn't even bring them up because they want to spend a lot of time on this. But if you read through the whole newspaper clippings, it's literally just a couple of guys debating on like where Chalaga is. And if it was where Chicago is now, like, was this a native American settlement? I don't know. That's about it. It's really not that interesting. Um, For whatever reason, the White City detailed Tartarian intricacies all over its neoclassical facade. And again, Ah. like nobody knows what Tartarian looks like, except they say this is Tartarian and like they just. Yeah. Right. Uh, There is a chance you clicked on this article hoping I wouldn't go there. Tartary, Tartaria, that great empire mentioned in antiquity, which monopolized maps of Asia, but has since been scrubbed from its existence. We did that whole thing last week. Right. Uh, This And then they go on to talk about this symbol here. This is the symbol for Chicago, right? After a fire. And what Mm. they're saying is it's a Phoenix for people listening. Mm -hmm. It's a Phoenix rising out of the ashes, rising out of fire. And they're saying, see, this is a destroyed. This is a city that's being built up out of the ashes of another city. Mm. But they do love to talk about the 1871 Chicago fire. Okay. And that's actually where this goes. It's like, oh, we were told Mrs. O'Leary's cow tipped over a lantern. It's like, we don't believe that. It's like, well, nobody believes that. Yeah, It's a thing people said. It's not like that interesting. It's not like the official nobody, story. It's the old it's, wives tale. It's the old wives tale. Exactly. Um, so they're like going, see, there was a fire and also they built out of the ashes, but the ashes couldn't have been the fire of 1871. It had to have been Tartaria and we were lied to about Mrs. O'Leary. It's like nobody believed, I even as a kid, I didn't believe the real stories Mrs. O'Leary's cow right. knocked over a lantern. I, th- I always thought it was a wives' tale.
1: Mrs. O'Leary didn't believe that story.
0: <laughs> Mrs. O'Leary didn't exist. Uh, <laughs> whatever went down in the mid-18th century, mud floods, human reset, probably has something to do with the orphan trains that brought hundreds of thousands of children from urban cities like New York out of the Midwest. If the Civil War was fought for nefarious purposes beyond what the Charleston Mercury or New York Herald thought, To report, I should here warn you that I do not believe in the Civil War.
1: Oh, my God. How Okay. He doesn't believe in the World's Fair. He doesn't believe in Columbus. And he doesn't. And he doesn't. Okay. He doesn't believe in the Civil War. Okay.
0: He doesn't believe in Columbus, but he does believe that the other people came here like like Leif Erikson, which makes no sense. It's one of those things where it's like, is all history before 1865 fake or not, like or just that's the, parts the lane. Like. Yeah, that's the lane I like. Would like people to pick. It's like, well, this guy said Columbus wasn't the first person there, and it's like, well, people know this. But if you're saying Columbus isn't real because of a reset, then why is Leif Erikson real? You know what I mean? Like, give me the give me the reason why one is real and the other is not. That's that's what I would like out of out of some of this. Uh, so doesn't believe in civil war and Sherman's march through Georgia, not overlooking Grant's campaign on the Mississippi, were equally a success, and I'm willing to bet there was an entire generation of mud flood survivors that had a serious case of lost memory syndrome. Huh? Adults, who, yeah. Yeah, like they all had amnesia, every survivor of the mud flood. Adults who gazed back upon their childhoods and when pressed the official mainstream narrative was likewise plagued with conflicting memories. And guys, I'm just going to say this right now. I'm, I'm not going to spend this entire time just tearing down the Tartarian narrative again. I do have some very interesting things I want to do because what I want to do with this episode is not just say, I don't, this doesn't make sense. Make your conspiracy theories make sense, but I want to actually make sense of some of this. So stick, stick with it. I promise there's going to be some really interesting stuff in this episode. Uh, the Chicago's welfare ended on October 28th, just six months after opening and two days before the exhibition was scheduled to close when Chicago's mayor Carter Harrison senior was gunned down by an actor playing the part of a disgruntled and disenfranchised voter who apparently believed he was owed a p- uh, politician appointment to the mayor this, after John Schofield had declared the German Krupp artillery and guns on display, which had cost a million dollars to stage, the greatest peacemakers in the world. If Chicago's World Fair was in any way a precursor to the Disneyland and Walt Disney World Resort theme parks, then it did not disappoint. The Chicago's World Fair doubled as a psychodrama. The cow was framed. So,
1: <laughs> okay, my, okay, it's just getting
0: hung up on a lot of things that don't matter. The cow. and and, and things like that yeah it's kind of yeah
1: i i'm a pretty intelligent person i i think but this is the type of article that just makes your head spin because he's not actually
0: saying anything
1: making one point he's just throwing so much at you with enough like derision mixed in of like if you ask any questions about all the bullshit i'm trying to feed you you're an idiot
0: See, this is, the double, this is the double standard, right? It's like I get – and I, I'm not here to say, look, if you're interested in Tartarian stuff, don't look into it. Don't ask questions. We're all about asking questions. But my problem is it seems to go the other way where it's like, well, I'm going to throw something at you with no proof or evidence. Don't ask questions. And it's like right. just as bad on that side as the mainstream narrative, and that's what's – So that was the most cohesive art. Like, I shouldn't say that, but like, it's way more cohesive than most of the stuff that I've read on this. And I'm trying to make this theory more cohesive than most of the people that you're going to hear on podcasts talking about it. I guarantee I'm being more cohesive with a theory I don't believe in than the people who do believe in it. And that's, that's where a lot of my frustration comes in. Uh, I got one TikTok to play for you guys really quick. Um, Then I want to get into uh, back into the World Fairs in Chicago, in 1983. So let's check this out. Uh, what button is this? I need. I'll find it eventually.
3: Let's question history. The
0: 1893
1: okay. Chicago World <laughs> Fair. <All you> have-
3: <laughs>
0: That's not good. One second, guys.
2: What
1: happened?
0: Uh, I've been having I've been having issues with my. Uh, sound card this week. I think, I, I thought I fixed it. I think I might have, let's try this again.
3: Let's question history. The 1893 Chicago World Fair, also known as the Columbian Exposition. It took place over an area of over 690 acres and was up and running for six months from May to October of 1893. And just look at the beauty of it. Wow, it truly looks more like it could be Rome or Athens. Good time to mention that they built all of this in less than three years, including all the canals, the lagoons, the statues, the parks, the bridges, the walkways, and of course the over 200 buildings. Now, all of this was deliberately built to be temporary. They don't look that temporary to me. They don't look Only temporary to me. buildings of the fair stand today. One of them is the Palace of Fine Arts, which was rebuilt with permanent materials in 1933. Which gets me to think, how does a building that is designed to be temporary and last six months stand for 39 years and is then rebuilt
2: with
0: permanent what? materials in wait, wait. yeah you caught it right
1: okay for if if you're at home and you're lost he's like this building that was built to be temporary is still standing today because they rebuilt it with permanent materials so i have just one question for you (laughs) how does a building that's meant to be temporary still standing today (laughs)
0: So what he's saying is, like, if the story is that this was built out of wooden plaster, why did it stand for 39 years before they rebuilt it, right? Most houses for, for poorer people were built out of wooden plaster in that time period, and they right. stood for a very long time. Temporary doesn't mean that they expected it to dissolve like like quick-dissolve toilet paper in six weeks. It just <laughs> means it's not made of stone, and it was cheaper, and they were going to destroy it. Right. Temporary does – yeah, we'll get into that too, but yeah.
3: How? Of the other four buildings that survived, one of them is in Chicago, the other three buildings were somehow transported to Brookline, Blue Mounds, and Poland Springs. How? Well, how in general is the only question I have in mind looking at all of this. There's also electricity. In 1893, this entire fair was lit up. So the one question I have really is, how did we do that?
2: How? And
3: were those buildings possibly there before? I honestly don't know what to say. I'd love to hear your thoughts, but All right,
0: well I'm going to give them. So let's get into it. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. First of all, what I want to what I want to set forward is blatant lies that you're being told in every Tartarian podcast thread that are just 5 seconds to to disprove. He said a couple of them here. Mm-hmm. Um First of all, that the World's Fair is all lost money. So like, why would they build these massive things if they lost money? That's a big one. Chicago was actually the first one to make money. Some of them were losing money before that. And then when Louisiana in eight, 1984 lost money, they stopped doing them in America. They're still doing them all over the world, including Japan next year. But Chicago didn't make money. So this was not a losing proposition. And also you have to factor in like, how much money did the fair itself make and how much tourism did it continue to make? Right. And how, you know, how much did the individuals invested in it make by selling their things there and selling their inventions. How, how much did Nikolai Tesla invest into it and then right. you know, or Edison invest into it and get back from that. Right. So there's way more ways to measure how money is made, but no, they did not all lose money. Actually. Most of them didn't. Right. Uh, a couple of them in the beginning did Chicago actually made a profit. It was a half a million dollars of profit in 1893. That's a lot. Um, which is a lot, but it's also like that's just the fair making money, right? Like that's not like all of the people who are it, it, contributing to the fair and how much money they made, right? And also a lot of it was, was uh, government tax dollars anyway. So like $9 million of tax dollars. So they don't care if they lose money. Um, they also, he said in this, he's like, they had electricity in 1893. How? How? But he also said, or either he said it in the article before, said this is where Nikolai Tesla and Thomas Edison were like competing on whose electricity was going to be the dominant one.
1: Right. So (laughs) that's how.
0: So like there was electricity in 1893. It just wasn't. Like what they're saying, what it seems to me they're saying is, look, there's electricity, but it hadn't been invented yet. But it had. In fact, Chicago had a... Its first electricity plant in 1887, six years before. And also, some of these pictures that he's showing with the lights lighting up the city, those were all gas li- lamps anyway. So, it's not like the other argument is, well, they didn't have enough electricity to do all these things. Well, most of it's not electricity. Most of it's f- gas lamps, right? So, I just, that one always got to me. It's like, yes, this is where Tesla and Edison were like showing off electricity. And then was like, they had electricity back then? It's like,
1: yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is like looking at the military at any given at any given year and being like, "What? This technology isn't available to the public? How can they have this? This is so suspicious. Like, this is the cutting edge yeah. thing. This is where they're de- debuting everything that's super cutting edge. It's the edge. world
0: of the future. That's literally what this is supposed to be." Right. <clears throat> That's why they showed off the technology that was not available, hoping that right. people would want it and buy it. Yeah, buy it. it's yeah. an expo of things to come. Like when when uh, when Elon Musk showed off the Tesla truck a couple of mm. years ago, you can't buy a Tesla truck yet, I don't think, because it's showing off something that they want to sell to you in the future. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the also, also you'll hear a lot of people say they couldn't have built a lot of these things because there's no power tools. That's not true. The first electric drill was built in 1889. Uh, spray painting was invented to spray paint the, to white spray paint these plaster buildings. That's how they were able to paint them all white and make them glow the way they did. Um, steam engines made self-powered and stationary, self-powered stationary and portable power tools available as early as the early 1880s. So <clears throat> they did have electricity. They did have power tools. They had steam powered tools and they had slave labor, which is the thing that we're going to talk about later. But like, that's something to consider. Uh, also, um, also, like, here's the other thing that I don't get. If if, if the idea is this is all Tartarian, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Tart- Tartaria was supposed to have super-duper advanced tech that they mm. were hiding from you. Uh-huh. So if, this is tar- if that existed, then why wouldn't they have the super-advanced tech? You know what I mean? Like, it's right. a pick-a-lane thing. It's like, they couldn't have possibly done this, but the Asian Mongols could have done this, but they had the tech from the Asian Mongols, but they couldn't have used it but they had it, but they right. didn't use it. But,
1: but they're trying to cover it up.
0: They're trying, yeah, it's just. They didn't want you to have it. It's a, yeah, this doesn't make sense. I already covered that they had, had no blueprints thing. You can find them all over. It's a fact, the Chicago Public Library has over 200,000 archived drawings, plans, photographs, and documents. That is where all of the Reddit threads about the 1893 World's Fair come from. How do you think they're getting these pictures? They're getting them from the, from the public library, including <laughs> right. the blueprints, which are all over the threads on StolenHistory.org, on Reddit, uh, in these videos. So uh, that's not true, but people will say it. The other one that you'll hear is that when they tore it down, there's no lumber scrap yards. There's no way that they could have tore down all these buildings and burnt them down because there would be these huge scrap yards for, for all the wasted lumber and steel and stuff like that. Okay. It's another one where it's like, you're telling me the theory is that they tore down a bunch of stone buildings, right? But your th- proof that they didn't tear down wooden buildings is that there aren't scrap yards of material,
1: right? It would have been worse, harder to harder to cover up the scrap yards if you're tearing down
0: yeah, yeah, that's my point. It's like either buildings. way, you need a you need a scrapyard, right? And right. and the thing that makes this a little bit disingenuous anyway is Chicago was literally the hub of all train commerce in the in America at this time. That's actually part of the reason they got the the right. fair there is because Chicago's where every train line met. Mm. So that's how they got the labor. That's how the people got there. That's how they got the materials. People were like, well, there's not a stone quarry next door. I'm like, well, they had trains. Like yeah. it was where every train in America <laughs> came to was Chicago. So. Anyway, there's just a lot of things like that. It's like, it's just, it's just take one more step. Just be like, okay, that's weird. Right. And I get it. I grant you that this is weird. If you you saw the TikTok. I'm saying you're looking at this going, how do we build that? And I get it. I get that. It's a fair question, but just because you have a question doesn't mean that there isn't an answer. Right. And just because the answer is not something maybe you like doesn't mean it's not true.
1: I think there's a discomfort people look around our society today and look at our cities today and look at Chicago and have this like understanding that supposedly it was so much better like yeah in, an incredible city at one point and now it's just what it is now and i think that this this knowledge that our society and our civilization has fallen and is in the process of falling and that even though we have some technology now that we didn't have back then we haven't actually progressed and that our, these our cities were so much greater before and we were capable of so much bigger things before than that we have a hard time getting our minds around now and that's really uncomfortable to admit but that's the real conspiracy right is that our civilization is falling
0: we're we're in a we're in a falling civilization and it yeah. makes people uncomfortable i think that's a lot of it and i want to i want to come back to that at the end cuz i got a few points that i think will add to, to that but yeah i mean it's like the big thing is like, oh, we we don't build buildings like this anymore. Everything's gray and drab and boring. In fact, there's some theories on the internet that Donald Trump knows about Tartaria and is trying to tell us. It's kind of like a Q-related thing because in the end of his presidency, he signed a Make Government Buildings Beautiful Again Act or something like that, right? right? And he was saying, our government buildings are gray boxes. They're ugly. We can do better. So people are saying, ah- He's Tartarian. Uh-huh. Or he knows about Tartarian. Just because we can do something doesn't mean that we will. Government regulation is a real thing. I almost pulled up a Waldo Rivera or Geraldo Rivera video, but it's like five minutes long. So I'll just explain it. There's a bathroom in New York. It took them five years and $10 million to build because of government regulation. These people did not have workers unions. Yeah. They didn't have... Or any type of regulation on how the building had to be built, like there are a lot of reasons why they could, in fact, build buildings much faster with a hammer and nails in 1893 mm-hmm. than we can do today with all of our equipment. There's just a lot of lot of factors there. So, anyway, <clears throat> um, let's uh, let's talk about some of these buildings that that get brought up a lot. There's basically four that get brought up a ton. And the first one is the Crystal Palace. So if you guys are watching, this is a massive building. that's just entirely glass and steel. It's it's really kind of cool looking, right? This was the the exposition in the UK. So this was made of cast iron and plate glass. And it was originally built in Hyde Park, London to house the Great Exhibition of 1851. It was designed by a guy named Joseph Paxton. And the Great Exhibition building was 1,851 feet long. With an interior of interior height of 128 feet, and it was three times the size of St. Paul's Cathedral, and used over 60,000 panes of glass. Wow! I get it, right? Like really gorgeous, it's an amazing yeah. feat of of ingenuity of architecture. Whether it's made by transatlantic Asian giants or European white dudes, you know, like it's still an impressive mm-hmm. structure. Mm-hmm. It does bring up a few. Things right for like for me, what I've noticed in the Tartaria stuff is if you look at the Capitol building, you can and the the round dome top buildings and things like that, you get this idea like this is what Tartarian architecture was, according to the theory, except it's not because they'll claim things like this, which don't look anything at all like anything else, right? Like it's glass. It's not made of stone and concrete with a gold molded top. In fact, they'll claim uh, Indian buildings, which don't look anything like this, or the Russian buildings that don't look anything like this. And they'll say, it's all Tartarian construction. They look alike, but they don't look anything alike. And this one looks far less alike of anything than anything, right? It's a giant greenhouse, essentially, is what it looks like. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's a bunch of glass, which, by the way, like, if you're going to have a hard time convincing me that something like this is actually hard to build, like, it, it would take time and effort and money. I'm not saying that, but it's glass, it's it's glass panels put into cheap steel frame or cheap metal frames. Like yeah, it was very flimsy. It was it extremely have to be, flimsy.
1: It doesn't have to be up to code because right. it's temporary. Like the contracts they <clears> had with the city were like, we get to cut all of these corners with these buildings because we promise we're going to tear them down at the end of this time period.
0: Yeah, before they're gonna there be, was no regulations to begin with. Right? right. Yeah.
1: Do do you happen to know if there's records of any of these buildings like collapsing and hurting? Anybody? We are.
0: We are going to talk about that. In a minute, oh, yeah. so, boy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but after the exhibition, this palace was then relocated to an open area in South London known as the Peng Place. And it stood there from 1854 until it was destroyed by fire in November of 1936. What I find interesting is nobody like they bring up the fire thing and the fire thing is important. I, I'm going to keep mentioning this that they're, one of the theories is that all these cities had a major fire beforehand. I couldn't find evidence. that They all did, or even most of them did, but they'll bring up a few, right? What you will notice is they either burnt these buildings down or these buildings had catastrophic fires later on always, which mm. is a through line and it's important. Uh, but nobody's arguing that they moved this thing. At least that not that I've seen, maybe some people are, they're saying, but the old pictures show it here in Hyde park. And then the 1936 fire happened down the road. So, My point is, if the building could be disassembled and moved, it it fails to stand to reason that we couldn't have built it the first time. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I, I think some of it comes down to they say they built it too fast. I mean, who knows? I don't know how long it takes to put a bunch of glass in with however many people they had. I just. Fair. Yeah, uh, people are working twenty-three hour days. Maybe they lied about the construction. Maybe the record keeping was bad, but it's not an impossible feat, is my point, right? right? And we know it's not an impossible feat because even the Tartarian uh, conspiracy theorists are saying, "Yeah, they moved it. They disassembled it and moved it."
1: Okay, so the, so the star- Tartarian structure that we can't build, we moved it.
0: We can disassemble and move and rebuild. Yes.
1: That makes no sense.
0: Uh, that, that's my point. Okay. All right. Uh, so moving on from, the, from that one, we've got the Palace of... Uh, I think I put these out of order, guys. How dare you? I did put them out of order, but that's okay. We'll talk about this one first. This is the Palace of Fine Arts in Chicago okay. uh, that was originally built for the 1893 Columbian Exposition. And unlike uh, the other buildings, this actually did have a brick subst- substructure covered in plaster. Huh. That's that's the story. They never said it was wood and plaster. They said it had brick because it had to house a bunch of art. They brought in art from all over the world, and this was a temporary museum. Okay. And because this was a temporary museum, they didn't want it to be too flimsy.
1: Got it. Because um, they have to protect. But all of it was,
0: right, it's a brick and wood covered in plaster. So it, it, it looks like it's made of stone. It looks like it's made of marble. But this one is not. As flimsy as the others, and that's important to the story. So why it
1: survives forty years, something like that before that's it's rebuilt.
0: Exactly, yeah. Um, and uh, this, <sighs> what what you hear in some of these podcasts, and and I don't know if he said it in that TikTok, but he's, he'll say they rebuilt this in one year uh, when they did rebuild it, and it, that's not true. The plans to start rebuilding it happened in nineteen twenty six. It was renamed the Museum of Science and Industry. And it was opened up in stages from 1933 to 1940. So between okay. 1926 and 1933, they'd be rebuilt enough of it for it to be ready for the 1933 Chicago World's Fair. Uh, here's also a picture that I see a lot saying, look, these have to be real columns. But if you continue to look through the Chicago's archives, you'll see this photo. where ah. Very clearly... Fake
1: columns. The bottoms
0: are gone, and you can see that they have wood running through them, and it's a plaster molding or right. something around these wooden pillars. Now, I read comment after comment after comment saying, no, those are the things that hold the columns up. They're buttresses or something like that. They definitely aren't, but that's what they'll say, which in that case, if that's what you believe, you just have to look at the next picture Yeah, where you can see the deterioration and so much of the column and the plaster has faded off by 1926. That yeah. You can see the the inside, the interior of this, it's clearly not marble. It's clearly not stone. And this was rebuilt out of stone because they wanted to preserve the building. So again, that would also cut against the idea that they couldn't have been built by humans in the first place.
1: Right. <laughs> Cause we could rebuild it.
0: Cause we could rebuild it.
1: It's, it's like so- sometimes with this, it's like people have no imagination. Like you, you can't imagine you in your keyboard warrior chair. Can't imagine that somebody did something cool.
0: I think that's the problem with a lot. It's a, it's a lack of imagination. It, 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 part of it is everything in our world is made of plastic. It's made to fall apart. In fact, right. one of these days we're going to do an episode on a, a concept called um, planned obsolescence. But mm. what that essentially is, is a bunch of light bulb companies got together and they said, your light bulb is lasting too long and we can't k- sell light bulbs if they don't burn out. So if every light bulb company gets into a room together and agrees that your light bulbs will burn out within two years, we won't have, we won't fight with you. We won't, you know, we'll all stick to the plan and we won't try to bankrupt you or do dirty stuff or sabotage your plants or whatever the hell they were threatening, like mafia style, right? That's how cars and light bulbs and everything is built now. They're all built to fall apart. So even though we have greater technology, we don't build things to last partially right. on purpose and yeah. partially because we're in a society in decline and probably in large part because... Things we've talked about before, you know, like some people don't want to flaunt their wealth in, in front of people anymore because it pisses off the communists. Mm-hmm. Some people don't want to, they just don't care, right? Like they, they care more about the insides or they're mm-hmm. too into their phone or the, we're, we're moving into a multi, you know, we're moving into a metaverse anyway, where it's like we're just going to let the right. world get ugly around us. Uh, uh, it's, what's that? There's like a video game. that's based on that concept where it's like, it's the, the world is hideous, but they're all taking drugs. So it doesn't matter. Right. Uh, anyway, so let's move on. So I saw people in the chat say the um, palace of fine arts in Chicago, in uh, San Francisco. Well, that's mm. sorry. This is what it looks like now Okay. after they rebuilt it in Chicago. Uh, this is the palace of fine arts in San Francisco. And this is okay. another building that just couldn't possibly have been made. And it's still up today, right? This is the one thing where they're like, Oh, it's still up, mm. which, Sorry, I'm trying not to go all over with my thoughts. But if the point of the World's Fair Expos was to tear down the Tartarian structures, why do they leave so many of them up?
1: Yeah, like this massive that conspiracy not theory. register
0: into people's minds with the theory?
1: Yeah, this massive conspiracy to like bury this ancient civilization so no one will know about every it. every
0: capital building up and all of these, ex- yeah, art exhibits and...
1: Right, like they, they left just... They left up just enough for you, oh, oh you and your chair, to to figure out this dastardly scheme to convince you that this right. piece and of again, history didn't happen. And again, these are
0: gorgeous buildings, right? Yeah. But according to the theory, or according to history, this is plaster and wood. But it's still standing today, so it couldn't be. So the except for this picture, does that look like? Uh, again, this is the building oh. has sheared in half, right? Like it didn't. It, marble doesn't do that. This is very clearly plaster and wood that's falling right. apart wow. over time, right? It was a very much a temporary building, despite whether it lasted 20 years or 39 years or five years, right? Like weird
1: that they don't show these pictures in, in the Tartaria TikToks.
0: Yeah, they, they don't show this picture. They'll just show the first one. And then they'll show this one that it's still standing. And this is because again, they rebuilt it. And in this case, the historical evidence and the evidence they're using, this is this is my thing. I'm trying to use the evidence that's being used on the Reddit threads to show that they're not thinking it through. And I'm not saying there isn't a conspiracy going on. I'm not saying there isn't something weird. I'm going to get into what's weird. I just think that people are trying to fit a square peg in a round hole so hard that they're missing the actual conspiracy that's underlying all of this stuff. And, and that drives me a little bit nuts. So, yeah, it, it's right. I don't know, man. It's not hard you i love find the pictures
1: fantasy in the chat is like don't confuse me with the facts my mind is made up <laughs> i love that's that. true that's true
0: though uh yeah and i forgot i was going with this somebody had Sorry. asked something in the chat no it's all good we'll just keep going um what else do we got i talked about those three those are the three that get brought up the most and then the eiffel tower also oh nope i have one more i was wrong I have one more. I'm sorry. My notes, I put them out of order. So I'm like, oh, where am I at? (sighs) This is the Chicago Federal Building. Okay. Uh, And this is brought up on all the Tartaria threads all over the place. This is another empire of Tartaria building. And this is more like the Singer Building that we talked about last week. Because this was constructed in 1898 uh, or between 1898 and 1905. So the theory is that actually it's older. Actually, it was built before then. Okay. Except there's a few problems with this. Okay. It was demolished in 1965. Nobody argues over that. So again, why did they not tear it down when the whole conspiracy was to tear down the Tartarian buildings to for the cover
1: Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: And there's no pictures of this at the World's Fair because it was built after the World's Fair. So the pictures they're using to show the World's Fair is weird and then it had all this Tartarian architecture and this is Tartarian architecture. It's just not in the pictures. Right. Right? This is built after. There was another point I missed. Again, my notes are a little crazy, guys. There the another thing that's interesting is we said this was the 400-year um celebration of Columbus. When did Columbus come to America?
1: 184 uh, No, wait, 60 60 uh
0: 1492 1490. 1492 Columbus sailed the ocean blue. <laughs> but this is in 1893, so it was 401 years later. Ah it was not the 400 year. There's a reason for that and the reason is they wanted it to be in 1892 but they couldn't finish the construction by 1892 oh, and they my had goodness. parades, they had parades in 1892 instead saying we are going to have an exposition next year in May wow. but we don't have it finished yet. And you know what you can see in those photos that the stuff that was at the world's fair isn't there. Also, if it was Tartarian buildings, that they were just going to demolish and they were pretending to have built them. They wouldn't have had to wait another year and throw off the 400 year anniversary. Just saying, or they could yeah, have just said that they were Columbus, already there in 1493. If they, they just, all of yeah, history. No, rewrite history. Right. right. So, uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, Pictures, this is a conspiracy theory that relies on pictures and it relies on specific pictures. And if you accidentally go find the wrong pictures, they completely disprove the theory. You don't have to like explain away what the pictures are showing. You just show like the next picture in the series. You, and-
0: you will see comments that say this is proof of Tartarian photography or this is proof of Photoshop It's only Photoshop when it's the ones they don't like, even if it comes from the same source. Again, most (sighs) of these pictures are coming from the Chicago library and that's the ones they're using. And then if I use the same photos from the same library, the same collection, it's Photoshopped
1: the same photographer, probably
0: same photographer. Yeah. All of it, right. It's Photoshopped. It doesn't matter that an expert could look at this and go, that's not Photoshopped. Um, because it doesn't fit the theory. It's, it really is shoving a square peg in a round hole. And again, there have been some really great followers of the show who've, who've sent me some really interesting Tartaria-related stuff that we're going to get into mostly next week um, that I think they're on to some pretty interesting thoughts or, or theories. And I'm not crapping on all the people, but I'm trying to show you guys, like, make your conspiracies make sense. And, you know, I'm, obviously this, uh, this in the last episode has pissed a lot of people off, but I can't just come here and lie to you guys. And at my most cynical, I'm frustrated that... There are people who have studied this, I would hope and assume, more than I have because it's all they talk about week after week after week for three to four hours at a time. And I can't imagine they're missing the stuff that I'm finding very easily, which makes me feel like there's definitely – there's people who believe it, and that's fine. And then there's people who I think very cynically don't believe it or have convinced themselves to believe it because they know it's really – Uh, trendy and it's really popular and it's going to get you on Sam Tripoli's show or whatever to, to have this, this theory. And I've seen people that, you know, they, they started to get the fame when they said that Tartaria was real and messed around with what they knew and said that, you know, said things that they knew weren't true in order to, to get the clicks. And it just bothers me. Yeah. I don't think everything's cynical, but I do think some people very cynically are just lying to you for clicks.
1: Sometimes we're going to come to you. Usually I think, cause we love conspiracy theories and we believe a ton of them, right? Usually we're going to come to you with a theory that we believe. And we'll be like, this is why we believe it. Like nine 11 the other day. This is why we believe that the official story about nine 11 does not make any sense. And then there's other times we're going to come to you and say, this is the theory. And this is a terrible deception because it, it is. The the Tartarian theory is a terrible deception, and it's and I say terrible because it's so bad. Like it's not it's not even like well constructed, right?
0: But it's most of it. No, yeah.
1: I think it's teaching this really twisted way of thinking and really twisted way of research that we really need to avoid if we're gonna
0: be taken seriously or be taken
1: seriously. I mean. I'm kind of over
0: want to find the truth. I don't care about being taken seriously either. But if you actually are doing this for the reasons that you and me are doing this, because we want to find the truth truth. Yeah. This is not the way to go about it. Right.
1: Right. Even if there's something real here, the people who are talking about it are talking about it in such twisted, ridiculous ways that if there's truth, it's real difficult to find. And it shouldn't be that way. If, if there is a cover up, if there's a conspiracy, that something that we need to find, it is, on the conspiracy theorist to present it in a honest way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, like I think people are going to end up pigeonholing themselves into like, I said this, 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 and this with such authority and such certainty that as soon as I want to talk about something else that might be true or interesting, I've kind of shot myself in the foot. And I think some people just skirt that and just avoid saying like, you know, all of this history is fake because it didn't fit my narrative then, but now I need to be able to talk about it. So now it's real again. Um, anyway, so this is another one that I want to talk about next week. It's the Eiffel tower. Uh, the reason I'm not gonna talk about it now is because it has a lot more to do with uh, free energy. People are saying this is a free energy tower and there's stuff with blimps and all kinds of stuff. So we're going to get into the uh side of it next week, but just keep that on the back of your minds. Uh, and again, the, the main thing, the main theory that's brought up around this is that this was all impossible. There's no way that humans could have done this and there's no proof and that we couldn't do it today. And I have proof that shows that that's just not the case. Uh, but really quickly, first, I just want to tell you guys about our newest sponsor, Healthy Cell. So Healthy Cell is based on the simple idea that nutrients need to be absorbed into the bloodstream and then into the cells where they work to improve health. But most uh, supplements use the same pill f- uh, formula deliveries that were invented in the 1930s. So you've got decades of lab research that show that pills and powders have really low absorption rate. And anybody who's taking pills and powders know, knows this, that your body's just not absorbing it. Uh, so... These older delivery systems compress dehydrated, large, dense, insoluble particles that are 10 to 100 times too big for absorption through small through your small intestine, where the human body absorbs most nutrients. That's why Healthy Cell uses microgel to ensure a maximum absorption by releasing extremely small, soluble, ultra bioavailable nutrient particles in your digestive tract. So that's a long explanation to say this stuff actually works. I've been taking vitamins a long time. I use this one right here on the screen called Focus and Recall. And it's uh, it's a little gel. You can put it in a drink or you can just, I just drink it right out of the little package there. Uh, tastes pretty good. I, most, I think they taste good. Some people don't, so you could mix them if you want to in a smoothie. But your body actually does absorb this. You're not getting all that excess stuff that's not being absorbed. And they actually come up with ways like you need this vitamin, this vitamin together for your body to benefit from it. So they're taking all of that into effect. And just speaking from from experience, this stuff actually does give me more, uh, le- you know, focus, more recall, less you know, more energy. Um yeah, no, I just, I like this. I actually sought this advertiser out. So this is not just someone that's like, hey, would you, would you hawk our thing that you don't know anything about? I really have been using this for years. So if you guys want it, now we have a code. You can go to healthycell.com, use code conspiracy, and you'll get 20% off your first order. So uh, healthycell.com. Anyway. Guys. I was
1: really hoping they had a prenatal vitamin because I was like, I'm going to do, I know. I'm going to do they need healthy one. cell prenatal. They don't.
0: I'll have to message them and be like, dudes, come on. Yeah. Prenatals. You're yeah, missing, missing a huge market here, bro. Missing a
1: huge market. I can't. I can't take <clears throat> my big old pills right now because it just gag. Like I need it. I need this.
0: Come on, healthy cell. Get it together. All right. So I want to talk about Disneyland. So how f- how familiar are you with like the construction of Disneyland? Do you like know any of the story or anything behind it?
1: I've heard that there's lots of tunnels.
0: Lots of tunnels. Yeah, so I actually, in my research, came up with a lot of like weird stuff that's not going to make it in the show, but I would love to to revisit it at some point. So I'm just going to play this video in the background of the yeah. opening of Disneyland in 1955. So construction began on July 16th, 1954, and on October 27th, Disneyland and the television series debuted on ABC, and each week, the show was hosted by Walt and would feature programs from the realms of Fantasyland, Adventureland, Frontierland and Tomorrowland. Okay. And frequently they would just give progress reports. They would show you like how they're coming along and all that stuff. So you got to see the construction of Disneyland from 1954 to guess how long it took to finish all of this that you're seeing on the screen.
1: It probably not very long.
0: To July 17th, 1955. It was exactly 1 year and 1 day. Oh, wow. That all of Disneyland was built. And of course, there was parts that weren't quite open. There were some rides that weren't done. But what you're seeing is coming from the opening of Disneyland, this massive park. If you guys have been Holy crap. Again, it's not just Tomorrowland or or Adventureland. It's Adventureland, Fantasyland, Frontierland, and Tomorrowland, all built in a year and a day in 1954. And I know that's not the 1890s. My point is that this type of human ingenuity is possible. And it was possible even... I, I wouldn't say their technology was like so much beyond the 1890s that they had some massive advantage in building these m- crazy right. parks, right?
1: Well, if you, if you think about it, the, the Chicago world's fair is what is in the 1890s. It takes them three years to build 200 some odd um, of these, of these buildings. Disneyland right. in the 1950s does it in one year. That's right. I mean, that's the,
0: that's a fair, like, yeah, advance. Right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, and like I, I, I see the threads, and I get it, guys. Like, yes, the the street across from your house is taking the government five years to build. It's not because it's not possible, and I think everybody saying that knows that. They're saying this is stupid. Why is a mile stretch of road taking the government five years to pave? Mm-hmm. It's not because it's impossible to do it shorter. It's because mm-hmm. worker unions and and regulations and. They're government workers. Like mm-hmm. there's a reason they're called government workers and I've done construction work for the government. It is stupidly slow and inefficient and awful. So anyway, I feel like that's the argument, not that it's impossible. Right? right. And the other question I have is like, you probably heard some of the dates I was throwing around earlier. Again, if this was to cover up Tartaria, why did the fairs continue? Like why if was the specific idea of covering up Tartaria continuing, not just into the 20th century, but continuing now they're going to have one in Osaka, Japan in two years. Wow. And I've heard the theories say like the, the Tartarian covered up continued into the 1940s and they were bombing cities in Europe to try to destroy these things, even though they had world's fairs and all that stuff before. Like, are we, are we trying to say that at this point with all the technology and all the cameras and all the things and all this and that, that Tartaria still needs to be covered up, even though it's, you can clearly see that they left up buildings supposedly on purpose. Every capital building in the world's right. apparently it's I'm not sorry. that they're based on the Michelangelo's, uh, St. Peter's Basilica, which is what our Capitol building actually looks like. It's that it's based, you know, that they're all the same. I don't know. Right. Um,
1: it's my other question about this is like the people who were alive then would have known that those buildings if, if the theory is true, right, if the Tartaria theory is true, they would have known that those buildings had been there for a long time and that they tore them down at the end of the fair, right? They wouldn't right. have been confused about like, oh, I guess you did just build this. So the, the only people that are affected by this massive cover up are us. And, and what, <laughs> who, who in the history of ever is like, I know I'm not going to fool the people who were here right now who could have any impact on me and what I'm doing. I'm going to do this massive conspiracy cover-up to confuse Abby in 200 years.
0: Right, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't sense, make right? any like, sense. Some of the cover-up was happening while my grandfather was still alive and pre- and possibly could have gone to these things. So, Right. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> um, it,
1: it seems like the, the Tartarian theorists have real main character syndrome where they're yeah. not asking any questions about, like, wh- why wouldn't the people alive at the time have, like had a problem with this. If they're tearing down all these beautiful, wonderful buildings, why, why wouldn't there be any record of them having an issue?
0: Yeah. Again, but it's all
1: about you. It's all about making sure you don't know that Tartari existed.
0: So I said earlier that uh, most of what we're talking about is the first phase and there are three phases of, uh, of the world fairs. Okay. So it's the industrialization phase from 1851 to 1938. There's the cultural exchange phase, which is 1939 to 1987. And we are now in the nation branding stage from 1988 ongoing, right? Okay. So that is what they're calling these. I'm not making these up. That's right off of their web pages or Wikipedias or anything you read about this. Like they're calling them those phases. Okay. And I'm bring them up now before I get into the agenda and what I think the real deception that's going on here is. Cause I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna gensack you this and circle back to <laughs> it, That there's three phases. Okay. So so hang out of that. Don't let me forget. So again, I'm saying that there is an agenda. The agenda is deception, like you guys are saying, like the Tartarian believers and and, and conspiracy theorists are saying. I just don't think it's the one that you're talking about. Gotcha. So I want to first start by talking about the idea of temporary cities, which is in and of itself, a symbol of deception, right? Like the idea of a temporary city is purposely built to deceive, right? Where it's built to make you think it's, it's real, right? It's kind of the opposite of the Tartarian theory. Mm -hmm. And our idea of fake cities, fake villages comes from uh, this guy named Grigory Potemkin. And he built this thing that it's what we call fake cities now, Potemkin villages. And it comes to this story where he had these fake portable villages built in order to impress Catherine the Second, this Russian Empress. And she would be going down the road, and he's like, "Look, I, I, you know, own this land and these villages and these cities." And they would set up this these fake things like this is more like a uh, uh, Blazing Saddle style, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they would like pick up the ones behind her and run them to the end, <laughs> like. You know, it's like, man, these cities all look the same. And (laughs) I don't know if it's true or not, but it is the story where it comes from. There's actually this whole thing right now. When I went to look into this today, I realized that this is like the crux of the Russian Ukraine conflict right now, because Grigory Potemkin was doing this in the southern part of Ukraine. And so Vladimir Putin is saying, no, those were not fake villages. They were real. And <laughs> we did have villages in, in Ukraine that were Russian back oh then. Oh, my God. And the, 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 the Ukrainians are saying those were Potemkin villages. They were fake. <laughs>
1: this <laughs> so is, amazing.
0: this, is, this still, is amazing. This is still relevant today. <laughs> it's still going on today. So there's other examples that you'll see today, like uh, Kijong-dong, which is the North Korean. Wait, uh,
1: you're saying... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, I know. Putin's a Tartarian,
1: past. Putin's a Tartarian conspiracy <laughs> theorist.
2: Confirmed.
0: Putin is a Tartarian conspiracy theorist. Yeah, 100%. He <laughs> thinks those villages were real. Um, so, <laughs> and there's a war going on over it. Like, this stuff's real, guys.
1: Amazing.
0: <laughs> so this guy, this is a village called Kjongdong, which is the North Korean <laughs> Peace Village, which everybody else would call Propaganda Village. Okay. Uh, the North Korean government says this village contains 200 family collective farms serviced by a child care center, kindergarten, and primary and secondary schools, and a hospital. And uh, this is. The picture this is the pictures of it but like this is built on the border between North and South Korea this has been portrayed in movies it's a fake village like nobody lives there there's there's loudspeakers constantly shouting out North Korean uh, North Korean propaganda and it's like who I don't know who they think they're fooling but like they think they're fooling people I mean I guess I guess if you're what's what's that basketball player they fooled him oh yeah yeah well so. <laughs>
1: they have to be real dumb so
0: yeah There's also this story of a place in uh, Bohemia called Therenstadt, Therenstadt. and this was a Jewish ghetto that served as a way station for the extermination camps during World War II. Okay. And reports starting getting out about the horrendous living conditions because that's the concern. It's like, look, we just want the people to be comfortable until you get them to the extermination camps, right? Right. Uh, So the Red Cross is very concerned with this. The Red Cross is like, look, you can slaughter six million people, but like, let's just not put them into like horrible ghettos beforehand. We're going to come check it out. Oh here. my God. In 1944, it's hard for me to believe that nobody knew about the camps in 1944. I don't know, but that's the I Red don't. Cross's story. We do that I don't. sometime. Yeah. So uh, the Red Cross visits and they give him only a few months notice. And in a few months time, the Nazis transformed the village to look exactly what their propaganda claimed it was. They let him on this eight hour tour through the village. They set up hospitals and schools and, They hired actors. I mean, it convinced the Red Cross walking around this ghetto for eight hours, this fake village they built. So, like, there is a history of these deceptions. And something I found out in my research I didn't know is that most what we would consider ghost towns in America were never towns. They were fake villages. They were fake villages built for military testing of different sorts. So, if you go online, you're like, oh, let's look up all these ghost towns all over the world. And then you look into the history of them. They were never real. They were wow. set up for military training scenarios. I've done military training scenarios in fake villages and fake towns before, actually. Uh-huh. Um, and some of those were built out of wooden plaster, just like, and they look real. Um, yeah, no, They've I've been done standing that. for forty years. <laughs> they, have, they have. Some of them have been. Yeah, yeah. So they have whole fake villages in Louisiana and other places that uh, you use wow. for war games. So it's it's a thing that the the military's done for a long time. But outside of the World's Fair and government propaganda sites there are still these massive, massive temporary cities that are being built all the time. And one of them is no, is called Kum Mela. I th- I mean, again, if I'm pronouncing these bad guys, forgive me. This is a religious festival that's celebrated four times over the course of 12 years. And the site of observance rotates between these four pilgr- pilgrimage places on four sacred rivers. And each site celebration is based on a distinct set of astrological positions of the sun, the moon and Jupiter. And some years they have attendance of over 100 million people for up to 49 days at a time. And this, this little clip comes from an article I read about. It says in 2013, the Indian government authorities set up 11 sectors with 55 camp clusters providing round the clock, first aid ambulance, pharmacy sector, cleaning, sanitation, food and water distribution, setting up 550 kilometers or 340 miles of pipelines operated by 42 pumps, cooking fuel and other services. This is an area that is flooded all year long for, or for multiple years. They only can do this festival because the flooding recedes in this area. And they set up this massive tent city. And what I just read uh, round the clock, ambulances, first aid pumps, 340 miles of piping. They do this, in a matter of weeks from wow. planning to people getting there. And just to show you some of these, these pictures, this is how big, uh, what is it called again? Kumba Kumbh- is this is, and, and Holy again, crap. fake, fake Tartarian looking cities, as you would say, if right. it, it, I've actually seen Tartarian websites say that those would be examples of Tartarian arch- architecture. Cause they look just like Greek and Roman for some reason. Uh, they no, don't, they, they don't. If you're listening, uh, here's a, here's a little bit back. <laughs>
1: Oh, wow. View.
0: Uh, and here is a little bit further back view. Literally, sometimes wow. a hun- over 100 million people, they have to plan out. And again, it's tent cities. It's different. I'm not saying right. that, but they have to plan out based on the geography of the land that's going to wash up because they don't know what it's going to look like because the land is different based on wow. it washing up and the monsoons and what's dry and what's not. They have to run 340 miles of piping, set up hospitals and ambulances and cooking stations and sanitation stations in a matter of weeks. They do this every three years. Wow. That's pretty cool. It's insane. It's insane what people can do. Yeah. And and again, this is a massive religious gathering. People are calling this their Mecca. It's like an Indian Mecca, apparently. Wow. Uh, And it's not the only one. There's another one that we've talked about recently called Burning Man. Ah. <laughs> I told people we were going to talk about Burning Man. So, because there's a through line with these things. So, Burning Man, if you don't know, uh, if you, well, I hope you know what the festival is, but it's this giant festival in, I think it's Black Rock Desert in, uh, was it New Mexico or Nevada? I totally forgot to add that to my a notes. A place. A place. Uh, on the, in the on this big, yeah, on this big stretch of desert, uh, dried up lake bed called the Playa. And it began as a bonfire ritual on the summer solstice. And this guy named Larry Harvey and another guy named James Grauberger built their first wooden effigy on June 21st, 1986. They cobbled together using scrap wood and they torched that evening and then they kept doing it. They kept having friends. They put out flyers and the party would grow and grow and grow until they took this, I think, in 1991 to – to the playa, right? Okay. But by 1988, Harvey had formally named the summer solstice ritual the Burning Man. And there's this thing in history that the uh, pagan druids would do called the Wicker Man. Ah. And this is, let me see if I have a picture here. I put them, I must have put it out of order. Gosh dang it. What is that? There we go. That's okay. later. Okay. This is the Wicker Man. And what the Wicker Man was, was these, these druids would put people and animals and these giant wicker nephilim statues essentially Mm, mm -hmm. and they would set them on fire and kill them and sacrifice them to their pagan gods wow and what's interesting is like they at burning man that's what they do they have these giant um wicker people and they light them on fire these giant wicker statues and they light them on fire and according to the founders, that is just a coincidence, guys. It's just a coincidence. Total coincidence. And definitely weren't thinking about Wicker Man for the six years they were doing this or before it became uh-huh. a, a nationwide festival where 75,000 hippies get together and do drugs and have sex in the desert. yeah. Right, but totally. what's, what's interesting is there's a group called the Spirit of Ishtar who doesn't think that it's a coincidence, <gasps> and they meet at at Burning Man every year to dance around the fires and specifically to worship Ishtar by the burning of the wicker man oh for God. favors and fertility and things like that. <laughs> That's what the women do at Burning Man; they they worship Ishtar. But what do the men do? What what mm. what's the thr- and I'm, this is all going to re- link back in a second. Do they think guys. about
1: the the Tartarian Empire?
0: <laughs> no, they don't think about it. how often do you think about the Tartarian Empire? <laughs> <sighs> Honestly, for me right now that's way too
1: much. That's, wait, yeah. Way too, way too much. Yeah.
0: Uh no, but what I would argue that the men are doing is this is what I would consider an entry level Bohemian Grove. Cuz you got to think about who goes to And you know what I f- think I messed up there and didn't get a picture of the cremation of care, did I? I didn't. We'll come back to that in a minute. But we did an episode on the Bohemian Grove before. And the cremation of care is this giant owl statue that all of these rich, mostly Republican politicians get together. Do you have a picture? I do. These rich, mostly Republican politicians and, and celebrities and stuff like that get together. There we go. Can I zoom up on you real quick? Uh well, people can see it. And they burn uh they 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 light a fire and do this big ritual to this. To this effigy, this owl effigy, right? And what's interesting to me about Burning Man is that
1: ah, he went away. Okay, you guys know that when PJ saying something really interesting, that's when we have problems.
0: Am I back? <laughs> You're back. <laughs> yep, that is always when we have problems. When I get into the supernatural weirdness and the crux of the argument that I'm making. So what I was saying is you got to think about the kids that are doing this, the, the, the early 20 year old rich white kids, because it costs at least like the cheapest ticket to burning man is $550. Most tickets are well over $1,500. You also have to pay to get in. You have to pay to drive.
1: Ah He's gone again. Okay.
0: My back? What did you miss? All right.
1: Not 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 really anything. You 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 have to pay to get in. You have to pay to
0: what I'm saying drive is a this is in. not a, a a festival for for poor hippies, right? This is a festival right. for rich, upper crust white kids, essentially, to go and right. do drugs in the desert and to do their rituals to their to their pagan gods. My point being, to me, this feels like a, a, an entry level bohemian Grove. i will not i would not be surprised if a lot of these rich kids from these super wealthy families that are going can waste some people are spending twenty thousand dollars to be able to go into this wow
1: okay these kids spend a lot of money to go to (laughs) okay let's just these kids spend a ton of money to go to these festivals yeah but they really want to be at Bohemian Grove. It's, My point it's is like, I won't
0: be surprised if they get there at some point. This right. feels like an entry level, like preparing, prepping people for that type of worship, especially right. the upper crust kids that are going to this festival. This is like, gotcha. Yeah, this is like Bohemian Grove junior. Right. Mm. And I think that we'll end up seeing a lot of these kids who went there are going to end up being politicians are going to end up being at the Bohemian Grove someday. Wow.
1: He's gone again. Each time you're only gone for a second.
0: Let's move on. So the thing that they're, gosh, I'm so sorry, guys. No, the, the thing that, uh, that they're worshiping at the Bohemian Grove is an owl and an owl. Most people are relating to Athena. Uh, cause that would be her thing. But what I, I don't think it's Athena worship. I, I don't think either. that it's Moloch worship. When you look into who, what other demonic God could they be sacrificing to in the effigy of an owl it's Moloch. Wow. And just that thought I, I, again I was linking Moloch does
1: not want us to do this show, holy crap. You were linking.
0: Oh, <sighs> okay. This is throwing me off a lot, guys. I'm trying. The reason I wanted to link these things originally what got me thinking about is there a connection between Burning Man and the World's Fair, which I'll I'll make in a minute, if I can get there is that Burning Man, uh, sorry, the World's Fair is not the only place that sets up these massive buildings specifically for the purpose of burning down. It's not just the World's Fair. You've heard of the Wicker Man thing that I showed you, right? They call it Burning the Man and it's Burning Man and that's what they...
1: Okay. Burning the Man at Burning Man but they also burn down...
0: The Temple. They have have a Temple burn. Is this going to work or not? We're gonna do it! Oh my
1: gosh! It's okay. We
0: got it. (laughs) It's not. It's like every time I click on this picture, it's just like. hmm. Nope. Can you do it for me?
1: Um. Let me see.
0: Can you click on the slide tab, slideshow tab, and then I'll. uh, Yeah. Okay. They put these massive huge buildings. And again, I would even argue that if this wasn't black and white and you hadn't known how it was built, it, you wouldn't maybe not believe that some of these were not just built this, out of
1: This doesn't this doesn't look temporary to me.
0: <laughs> That's my point, right? This doesn't look temporary. Why would they go in the desert and spend all this money to build these giant massive temples just to burn them down? What po- possible purpose could it serve? I mean, just look at this one. I, again, I, I'm lagging, but you can see this multi-layered, like Asian style, huge building.
1: I think you mean Tartarian architecture? <laughs> That's what it is. BJ? It's Tartarian <laughs>
0: architecture. And they do this specifically to be able to burn it down at the end of the wow. festival. So when, when you look at it that way, when you look at these people are gathering some people openly saying to worship Ishtar, as you see with the looseness and drugs and sex mm-hmm. and, and and all that stuff that would be indicative of Ishtar worship. Mm-hmm. I would argue that that's generally the female population that's going there. And then you have these young Bohemian Grove wannabes going there to worship Moloch mm. by the burning down, of, which Moloch and fire, like that is how Moloch would have been worshiped as giant right. altars of fire. Mm. And I'm seeing this and I'm saying, why do buildings and burning them down like why is it they always burn down like what is going on Mm. there is there some link of moloch worship not just to burning man but back to to the the world's fair Fair. and in fact Uh, fact, uh, here is a video from the 1933 world's fair in chicago and just what you see
1: mock child sacrifice to moloch I'm, I'm buying this title that this is...
0: Oh, sorry. The, crap. I forgot to turn the audio on.
1: That is a Moloch statue being carried by a whole bunch of people pretending to be slaves. What the fuck? 1933? Yeah, 1933.
0: Chicago's World Fair.
1: What is happening?
0: This isn't America, guys. This isn't a supposedly Christian nation. In the heart of our country at the time, essentially. It's blowing fire
1: out its nose, the Moloch statue.
0: And they have a fake baby they're feeding into the stomach, the fire in the stomach of Moloch.
2: Which is how they did it,
0: right? Yes, in a massive public ritual to Moloch that millions of people are attending in the 30s. In the 30s, guys, what like, was this, the? Is, this is the thing that I feel like the Tartarian stuff just kind of glosses over and covers up. It's like everything you want to find out about like what's going on at these festivals and these giant villages and why are they burning down? It mm. all has to fit. The square peg has to fit the round hole. And if you just pull back for a second, it's like there were they were building monuments in the 19, 19, 1893 World's Fair to, uh, to Zeus, mm. to and they have then you can find um, I think I don't know if I pulled this up but you can find these these plate statue these plate engravings that mm. are like this building is dedicated to Zeus this one's to Athena this one's to Hephaestus right like mm. there is open greek worship they're calling this uh, uh, an honor an homage to Rome and then by 1933 they're just like openly public rituals to Moloch like again like it's Burning Man but this is supposed to be like the normal thing that you take your wife and kids to in 1930s America
1: what was like the context of of that <clears throat>
0: ritual? It's supposed to be a play, and that's mm. how it's always showed up. It's supposed to be a play about the Ten Commandments, right? So they can they can do a public ritual to Moloch, and it's, it's just a play, guys. It's just a joke. And, and right. in fact, I just recorded an episode with Paul Stobbs and we talk about this exact same thing with the circuses. So me and Abby are going to be traveling in a month and and that's why we record it. We usually do these live, but we're not to be able to that time. So we're going to release that episode then. But it's the same thing. You'll see that this is the excuse always. We can do these Nephilim ancestor worship, Moloch worship mm. uh, festivals, draw in millions and millions of people and get them to participate in Freemasonic satanic rituals Wow. But it's just, a, it's just a play. It's just a joke. It's just a thing. We're just doing drugs and having fun, and we're just burning our cares away. And in fact, the Bohemian Grove, if you look at the mock, mock human sacrifices, they're anything but mock. Like, it's not in that picture as well, but we showed pictures where it's like, if they had the technology, again, you want to talk about not having technology back then? The technology to make a human dummy look that real? Right. In, like, the late 1800s, early 1900s, that's going to be harder for me to believe than a plaster facade, right? Right. right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, back to Disneyland for a moment, guys. I oh found boy. some other interesting links there. So, Tomorrowland is one of the original lands of Disney that we mentioned earlier. It is also the name for the 1964 World's Fair in New York. Huh. Also, because again, this is the concept, right? This is the showing the future thing. But we are at this point in the second phase, which is why this is more interesting to me. And I want to talk about the phases after I finish this point. But by 1967, there was a guy named Buckminster Fuller. He was a 33rd degree Mason and he built... He was a, He's a weird dude, guys. This is a guy like guy's obsessed with spheres, okay? He, there's, there's a whole episode about Buckminster Fuller coming in the future, I swear, because this guy's just a, a weirdo. But he was like really into domes and spheres, and it was like his obsession. And he came up with all these weird names like uh, Dymaxion and Tensegrity and like all these, he made up things. He's the first guy to call Earth Spaceship Earth. We're just passengers on Spaceship Earth. Oh, boy. And... In the 1967 World's Fair, this weird dude built a massive dome structure.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: there's a picture of it there. And it's a dome with all the corners cut off. It's, wow. it's because this design, this is what they wanted to build homes like, by, by the way. This was Buckminster Fuller's idea was that homes would be dome-like because they had, you know, all kinds of strength and stuff like that. Um, they were easy, cheap to build, whatever. That was, that was the point. It's like he had actually mastered what they were doing in the 1893 World's Fair with plaster cheap buildings that you could just like set up in a day, right? Like he's like, I've figured this out and this is how people are going to want their homes from now on. So he builds this giant thing and in uh, then Walt Disney likes it so much that he has him build one at the Epcot Center and Epcot stands for the Experimental Prototype uh, Community of Tomorrow. So again, it's this whole Tomorrowland concept that these Two Freemasons are like really, really, really super into nice. and what's interesting about this is not only was that thing built uh, at Disneyland, but the original one burnt down. <laughs> of course it did because <laughs> they all burned down, right? Like there was the the I forgot to mention this earlier, but during the World's Fair in 1893, there were fires that killed a bunch of people Yeah, at all of these World Fairs. I, uh, the Paris had one, the UK montreal they've all had fires or their leftover buildings had these massive fires and it makes me feel like when you've got these two master masons that are really into this Tomorrowland mm-hmm. concept and these tomorrow land designs and they're working together and they're and the buildings are burning is this some form? uh is this another form of ritual is this another mm-hmm. is that is that the through line here is like the fires. it's not about covering up uh, 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 an empire that didn't exist because it was a bunch of Mongol hordes with, with, with tribes, essentially, right? Between Russia and Asia, which we established a few weeks ago. <clears throat> but what I found in all this, and I wasn't even going to bring this up, but what I found in all this, in this Tomorrowland concept, I started getting interested in it. And just a few clicks later, I came across this trailer for Tomorrowland and I thought... I thought this was like a movie or a Walt Disney thing. And I want to see if you know, if you can watch this trailer for what this is and tell me what they're supposed to be advertising in this. Cause I don't think you can. So here's the Tomorrowland trailer. People are watching. This is like a giant, that is a book place. of wisdom far from our world. Yeah. I'll explain it later. It lies in the
2: empire
0: of the unwritten. It is called the world
3: of wisdom. Follow the path and find a hidden land that is populated by a complete community. This magnificent civilization lives in the realm of the stories and
0: books. It just got like really openly demonic for people who are they listening. All stories like, that skulls have and been demons told and all around the globe. Secret knowledge they being given to you by demons who are the examining human skulls. Keepers. are the keepers
3: of all stories. In this world of wisdom, nothing is what it seems.
0: Things can
3: change right in front of your eyes.
0: Nephilim Jester thing. Step into their kingdom of endless booksellers. Some like Adrenochrome references and drinking the blood. Again, I'm sorry if you're listening. This is a kind of a visual episode, but. A magical land will arise. Enter the world of wisdom for a new chapter. Cross human hybrids, Nephilim, demons, skull drinking, adrenochrome, fairy tales. What is this? What is this trailer for? If you had to guess.
1: Like a (laughs) demonic Dark Ages. Secret knowledge, dark academia situation.
0: It's another music festival. What? It's, it's it's another Burning Man style festival. that's held in Germany every year. Yeah, and in fact, I'll show you. Uh, I'll show you uh, just one more. This is a short TikTok showing you what the what that was supposed to be advertising. Uh, if I can hit the right button, yeah, check this out. Uh, so- my enemy giant my fake castles enemy. You are my enemy. books of wisdom that people hold in everything like I illuminati symbolism freemasonry symbolism demons enemy. coming out 3d out of the screens the crowds drugs and guess what they had if you want to just just take a guess at what happened to, to their festival as well
1: did it, did it burn down, PJ? It
0: did in 2017. weird. They <laughs> so have been weird. doing this in, since 2005, and in 2017, they also had this crazy, massive fire, this weird Burning Man-like occult festival. I don't even, I don't remember if I have a picture. Let me see if I have a picture of it, but they have these, I, I wanted to throw one in. That's Epcot. I don't have it right now. Um, they wanted to, they, they literally build these massive plaster mold, giant fake castles, Tartarian style.
1: Oh my God. And do
0: these demonic rituals that uh, end up in things getting burnt down and people dying. In fact, at Burning Man, by the way, I know I talked about the Wicker Man thing. You know how many people ran into the Wicker Man and killed themselves in some type of like self, uh, you know, immolation at Burning ritual? Man? Oh Yeah.
1: Holy shit. No, it I have no idea
0: fairly regularly. Someone will be so moved by whatever God they're worshiping. They will run into the fire and kill themselves.
1: So you're saying there's, there's always a human sacrifice.
0: <clears throat> That's what I'm saying. There is a human sacrifice at all of these things. People die at all of these world's fairs due specifically to fire at burning man due specifically to being burnt to their God. Moloch. at Bohemian Grove at uh, Tomorrowland at Disney world. I mean, there was a Disney World fire this year. Like, I did not know that. That's what I'm saying, dude. I don't think it's a cover up in the way that everybody else thinks it is. I think it is a massive public ritual, and people are being sacrificed at these public rituals, and. If I had to guess this year at Burning Man, nobody, nobody burnt them. Well, I know for a fact this year at Burning Man, nobody ran into the fire. And what did they have this year? They had a terrible year. They, oh, they freaking like it, it like rained and drowned them in there. Like they were like, they did not give a proper sacrifice to Moloch and they were punished for it. I, I swear to you, that's what it is.
1: Holy shit. Like the God is losing his power.
0: There's nothing interesting that came out of the 1984 world's fair. And it's the last one that happened in America. Huh. So this brings me back to my point. There's three phases, and I want to talk about this this theory I have. This is where I'm getting a little unhinged, guys. So,
1: oh, oh <laughs> now you're going to get on. I'm gonna okay, be the unhinged all right. One. <laughs>
0: I, it's not just the Tartarians. I'm going to be the unhinged one now. So you have three phases. You have the industrialization phase, the cultural exchange phase, and the nation branding phase. And there's a book that I've I've told you guys about before. There's a theory in it that I I pretty pretty well ascribe to at this point. It just keeps coming up over and over and over again. We talked about last week on Dan Brown's uh, thing on our unhinged episode, I think that each of these phases are what Jonathan Kahn talks about in his book *Return of the Gods*. You have very distinct phases that are symbolically represented in these three phases, as they're represented throughout America. First one being industrialization. This is the golden calf. This is the moloch worship, this or or, or ball or whatever you want to call it, right? Mm they are sacrificing to the golden calf in America. It was represented with wall street and the golden bull on wall street in, in uh, I almost said Tartaria in the world's (laughs) fair. It's represented by the Moloch worship going on. And the whole thing being, how can we, how can we move into a new scientific, less religious age and away from God? So the first part is stripping away people's uh, religious beliefs. And this actually continued Because at the 1893 World's Fair, they held this massive um, conference that was for, I have it somewhere in my notes, but this massive conference for all of the world religions to get together for the first time in America. And the idea that was proposed was we are going to bring together Hindus and Buddhists and Muslims and Jews and Christians and Catholics and, well, everybody but Mormons. The Mormons weren't invited, (laughs) but everybody else was invited (laughs) and we're going to show them that our God is the one true God, except what really came out of it is yoga and Eastern practices and Eastern traditions and Eastern religion was introduced into America. And theosophy starts being born out of this idea that people start saying, Oh, I like these spiritualist concepts. I like the Eastern Hindu religion. I like the yoga. I like this. I like that. So this is, and this isn't me saying this, this is the people who think it's a good thing are saying, how did yoga get introduced to America? How did Eastern beliefs and theosophy get introduced to America? We had people come over to these massive American rituals that were about, again, industrializing, moving America into a less religious, more scientific age and away from you know the the spiritualism aspect of this country. Mm-hmm. And what do you get out of it? You get the stripping away of, of of the Christian faith, of a supposedly Christian nation. Right. The next phase is the culture phase. Uh what what do they call it? Cultural exchange. Mm. I think this is Ishtar worship. I think this is you have moved away from God and now you're going to go chasing after other things. This is happening during the 60s. This is happening mm. during the 70s. This is the free love movements. This is the, yep. you know, all of the, well, let's have, let's see what the other cultures have to offer. Let's see what we can take from them. So that, that re- corresponds to Ishtar worship. Now we're in this thing called nation branding. Hmm. I think this is replacing the gods of the nations. I think this is like every, as it says in, in the Bible in Daniel, it's like they, you know, uh, Michael had to fight the Prince of Persia, this this demonic right. fallen angel that was over Persia. And, and throughout the Bible, it tells us again and again, there are angels over churches. There are angels over nations. Mm-hmm. I think when you strip away the angel, you chase after foreign gods. And now we're like, all right, we have, we have come to an age where people, for the most part, by and large, don't believe in God in any real way mm-hmm. through all these ritual practices of bringing in Moloch worship and bringing in, you know, all, all these things. I think that's what I think that's what's going on right now. Is nations are discovering what new God they're going to serve, and I bet if you look at the the modern um, world's fairs, that they're going to be heavily influenced by that type of of thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Am I losing you? This is this is my thoughts. No, no, no.
1: <laughs> it's so. I mean, it's interesting because. From the very beginning, from when we first started looking into the Tartaria stuff, it felt like a big deception. It felt like this very satanic mess of chaotic lies. Um, and it seems like what it's ultimately doing is covering for Pantheon worship. It's taking all the evidence of the Nephilim, all the evidence of these World Fair things and and rituals and stuff. Just it it feels like Tartaria just takes all this evidence of all these interesting, important things and like shoves them into this one big deceptive theory that just kind of erases everything important about it and just makes it a a mockery.
0: It does too. And it's like we covered two weeks ago, right? Is it it changes the whole history of the Bible. Jesus was a, a Russian uh, he was a Russian tax evader, according to Anatoly Fomenko, right? Like his mom was a Nephilim. The Nephilim are the ones with the technology and they're good actually. And it's not that I don't believe in, again, ancient giants building civilizations. I just don't think it's 1865 America and I don't think it's good. And it right. does seem like there's this, we need the free energy that these uh, made up. I feel like Nephilim this heroes, this utopian Nephilim yeah. heroes could give us. Yeah. And that's what it just keeps coming back to, right? It seems like it's a stripping away of God and replacing it with something else. Whether it's the Tartarian theory, the world's fair, Burning Man, Bohemian Grove, whatever. They all seem to serve the same <clears throat> purpose. And I want to go further into that concept because what did, like, <clears throat> again, talking about the, what I think the, the real problem, the real theories or cover up that was going on with the world's fairs is, I'm going to start with a question. How often do you think about Rome?
1: So much this week.
0: <laughs> so much this week. All right. Because I realized like this is all we're, we're being told it's Tartarian architecture. But what is it really? It's Roman architecture, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we, we both know this, but we, we haven't talked about it on the show. And I feel like this might deserve like a full episode. Now, i will try to play a few clips for you guys and explain it a little bit. But like Rome, sorry, Washington, D.C. was originally called Rome, Maryland, And in fact, it's weird because people talk about cover-ups and things you're not supposed to know. And this is one of those things. Here's an article here. Washington, D.C. is Rome. It talks about how originally Rome, Maryland was Washington, D.C. And they had all this, you know, uh, Pantheon worship and and all of the Roman architecture. And it was very openly Pantheon worship in the capital of America that the cover-up, I think in all honesty, is that America was ever a Christian nation. We know that America was built by Freemasons. We know that the original Washington, D.C. was a a pantheon to the Greek gods. And it seems like the cover-up is that we are a Christian nation that was founded as a Christian nation, and we can have our pagan ritual worship every few years and then pretend to still be a Christian nation on the surface so we don't piss off the Protestants, we don't piss off the people who actually believe the myth that all of these Freemasons and Illuminati members in the, in the early foundings of this country that were setting up all this symbolism that's not very hidden were, were actually Christian founders of this country. And what's interesting, talking about again, talking about the cover-up, it tells you to click on the Wikipedia article about Rome, Maryland, and it's just gone. Wow. It's just not there. And we all know Wikipedia is owned by the CIA and they're, they're, they're propagandists. So whenever they delete an article that you had a link to before and it's just that article's gone... It's Cause I don't want you to know the real history of, of Washington DC. You can find this on other places like uh, church pop bizarre pagan influences on the U S national mall. And it talks about how George Washington, the original statue of him in Washington DC was him as Zeus. And then they took it down a few months later because it started making people uncomfortable. They thought there's this was a still, Christian nation.
1: There's still one in the um, it, it's almost the same statue of him sitting in the smithsonian is this it right here it
0: is the same statue they moved it th- to the smithsonian oh my but god this is yeah. this was where the washington monument now sits which is a egyptian obelisk that people just it's not as obvious right it's just right. not as obvious so people accept that it's still some pagan uh statue but it's just right. not washington is god what's funny is they didn't seem to take down this painting of george washington becoming a god that adorns our capital yeah uh, so it's
1: up at the the top right
0: yeah, yeah, it's it's a mural on the ceiling, right? They also didn't take down the temple to Lincoln, which is based <laughs> off of the temple to Zeus. As same you can poses. see right there. Yeah, I mean
1: like not only does the temple look exactly the same. The poses on the the statues are exactly the same,
0: right? And uh, this one didn't have the other one. I, you know, what? I'm going to play a quick uh, tick tock for you guys that, that shows this a little bit better. I think. So let's, again, if I can hit the right buttons. Maybe.
1: You'll often hear people say that Washington, D.C. feels a little like Paris. A big part of that is because of this guy, Pierre L'Enfant, the Frenchman who designed the basic plan for the city. But if you look closely, you'll see a lot of influence from Rome, too, starting with the Jefferson Memorial, which is based on the Pantheon. Union Station looks a lot like the Arch of Constantine. The Neptune Fountain at the Library of Congress was inspired by the Trevi Fountain. And, of course, the Capitol, one of the most iconic buildings in the United States, has a giant dome modeled on Michelangelo's dome at St. Peter's Basilica. What other roman influence buildings have you found in D.C.?
0: Well, none, because they're all Tartarian buildings. That's (laughs) my point, right? It's like... It's covering up, I think, in part for the fact that our country was never in its founders and founding and in its architecture and in its art, a mm. an actual Christian nation. It was a right. pseudo-Christian, a Gnostic nation. And look, the people are Christian. That's not what I'm saying. And right. I'm saying I think our founders deceived us and that these people in power, these Freemasons like Walt Disney, like Buckminster Fuller, like whoever's behind all these world fairs, are using this as an example to get away with public pagan worship of Greek gods of Moloch of whoever right in your face that and, and instead people are looking at this and going, Oh, it's not that our leaders are pagan. It's that there is a fa- There's a nation in, in Asia that came over here at some point. Like that's, that's what I think people are missing. Um, I also talk, so I talk about. I'm bringing yoga over. I also feel like this is a time, this is an interesting, this is an interesting point. The reason that they're saying now they don't do the world's fairs in America specifically Mm-hmm. Um, is not just because it flopped in 1984 or whatever it was, but because they have the internet now. They're like, why put out these huge marvels? Why do all this stuff when people can look at it on their phones? Everybody's going to film it. There's no reason to go there. It's not going to make money, right? And that's interesting because this is how ideas were spread, as we know, pre-internet, pre, pre uh, internet, pre-publication, pre, You know, before people get newspapers and TV and internet and things easily. And I think a lot of the ideas spread at these world's fairs is kind of the point. Um, specifically I'm thinking of, you know, if this is the industrial revolution, the scientific age that they're moving us into, I'm thinking of Darwinism Mm -hmm. and Darwinism is interesting because it relates to so many things that the Tartarian conspiracy theorists talk about. If you don't know his original book on the origin of species has a little bit longer of a title that most people forget. And it's on the origin of species by means of natural selection, uh, preservation of a favored race in the, I'm sorry, I'm hard to read that in the struggle for life. People kind of whitewash and forget that this was a very racist book about how there was a favored race that all of all of evolution evolved us to the white man. Right. Like that. This is the favored race. Yeah. And this is the same theory or the same idea that gets pushed throughout the 19, 1893 World's Fair. In fact, if you read about Darwin, you'll find that his ideas didn't really catch on until after his death in 1882. It really caught on. At the end of the 1800s, early 1900s, there was a split in the church over whether they would accept these ideas into the church. There was the more conservative uh, Protestants, and then there was the more liberal Protestants who were like, we can accept Darwinism into our belief system. Mm. This would have came, again, almost directly after the World's Fair. And in fact, the World's Fair had many ways of pushing the Darwinist idea, including some truly horrific things like human zoos. Have you heard about these? human zoos where they would take people, tribes uh, like Aboriginal tribes. They took Filipinos and native Americans and whoever, and they put them in these enclosures and they would make them do uh, dance around fires and do their weird ritualistic stuff and, and sacrifice chickens and stuff like this. So people could look at it and they could walk through an evolution of the species and go from the Aboriginal tribes to the Filipinos, to the native Americans. And they would end up at these great Roman architecture And the whole idea behind the 1893 World's Fair was that we evolved from these horrible uh, brown savages, essentially, (laughs) into into the white man. Um, They also had the Special Olympics started in uh, St. Louis in 1904, except it was not the Special Olympics you're thinking of. It was Special Olympics, as in they abducted a bunch of Filipinos and made them do a bunch of games. And they abducted... uh, African tribesmen and made them throw javelins and things like that because they thought they would be good at throwing javelins. Uh, last point I'm going to make because I think Abby probably is not feeling super. No, good. no,
1: no. It's um, okay. rumbles down.
0: Rumbles down and I'm just talking to no one.
1: No, no, no. People are moving over to YouTube. Okay. Um, cool. It seems
0: we've had a lot of trouble tonight. including no, I don't setting think up the stream.
1: Did you see that um, letter? that rumble got from the uk government
0: i yeah about russell brand yeah
1: it may have to do with that that somebody said a denial of service attack does anybody have a source on that the denial of service attack dr bob's nightmare i think is the one who said it anyway sorry please continue
0: okay yeah no problem i'm just trying Uh, to find out what's going on Odyssey's having issues, too. What the heck? I don't know what's going on. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, all kinds of it's not your fault. Stop
1: apologizing. This is what happens God.
0: when you try to point out the uh, demonic fallen angel influence that is so prevalent in, in the world is you get attacked. Um, uh, anyway, Um. again, if I'm losing, this is my thoughts have been all over the place with this theory. So I'm trying to like collect a bunch of things. Uh, another I think thing you're is making uh, sense. Okay. So again, Special Olympics, 1904 St. Louis. One of the things that gets brought up a lot, and I want to talk about the theory and then kind of my thoughts on it and kind of preview what we're going to do next week. And we'll we'll, uh, go over and just chat with people. I guess it'll be on YouTube instead of Rumble tonight. Uh, One of the things we can talk about a lot is orphan trains. It was brought up in that first article we read that there was this orphan train movement. It It was a supervised welfare program that transported children from crowded Eastern cities of the United States to foster homes located largely in rural areas throughout the Midwest these orphan trains operated between 1854 and 1929 and they relocated depending on which article you read between 200,000. I've seen some that say 400,000. It's usually about 200 to 250,000 children. And every article will say, yeah, they were homeless mostly, but not all. Okay. There was a massive and I mean, massive effort from these people to traffic children across the nation to get them away from their parents, to put them in other states. And the theory, the Tartarian theory, is these were the children remnants of the Tartarians, and they wanted to move them to other parts of the country, basically, so they wouldn't know their heritage, they wouldn't know their story, they wouldn't be able to know that they had come from this previous race of superhuman giants. And again, if they're giants, the theory doesn't even make sense, because I feel like they would grow up to be giants uh, if they're Tartarian (laughs) children. But if they're not, if if that's not your part of the Tartaria thing, then... That's the point is they're trying to hide these children. What, what did inevitably happen is that hundreds of thousands or I don't know if it was hundreds of thousands, but many thousands of these children were shipped right to Chicago for the world's fair and used as slave labor. There was also, I mean, this is the thing, like, this is my point is I feel like what people don't want to accept is that we have a much darker history. With all this stuff, whether it's the enslavement of of these people for human zoos, which continued after slavery ended in America, whether it's the trafficking and slavery of children, which again continued into the 1920s in America, that it's easier to look back and say maybe there was this utopian supergroup, and that we you know like, you know what I'm saying? Like it feels more comfortable, I think, for a lot of people to say maybe our history wasn't as dark and brutal and awful, and that all of these things can be explained away by a previous utopia that we could get back. It's I think that's the hope that people are trying to look for instead of looking back and be like, wow, this is dark. In in fact, the other thing that the last thing I'll bring up um, and I'm only bringing these up briefly because I feel like the whole orphan train movement and the uh, incubators and stuff like that probably deserves a a much longer episode about early child trafficking in this country. But there was these incubator rooms in uh, in the 1933 Chicago's World Fair and in fact, they're still trying to praise this guy. And I, it, it's a weird story. But here's here's the article from the Smithsonian. It says, the man who ran a carnival attraction that saved thousands of premature babies wasn't a doctor at all. So this guy literally ran a carnival attraction at the 1893 World's Fair for pre-pubescent pre, children in incubators. So the story is essentially he saved a bunch of these kids' lives, but there's also a lot of Questions about why or how he got these children in the first place. Why he him and a bunch of nurses were touting a bunch of babies around in boxes that weren't theirs that nobody knew whose parents they were. It's a weird story. It's like I can understand on one hand, like if this is the incubators that save premature babies lives, it's a a scientific breakthrough. But who is this guy? He's just some guy traveling around with a train car full of babies that aren't his. And nobody knows where they came from. Jerry Seinfeld actually said his dad was one of these incubator babies, which is a weird, so I don't know if it's true or not, but like this was a real part of American history is some non-doctor and wow. a bunch of nurses traveling around with a, a train car full of babies, train cars full of orphans. Holy it, crap. It's freaking weird. And I just, it's, it's constantly being explained away in some kind of nonsensical Tartaria thing that I'm just like, this is some real stuff that I think is worth looking into. There's some real dark parts of history that have spread their tentacles out through through time that are still an issue, and I feel like it just becomes a little silly, and nonsensical when it's cross Atlantic Asian giants is the answer to again child trafficking, underground tunnels, incubator babies. I don't know. It's weird. In fact, the, do we have time for one more, one last point? Sure. Okay. The last thing that I want to point out, and again, I'm saving all this. We're going to do one more episode next week on Tartarian um, uh, Antiquitech and the, the the millennial reign, which I think is some of the most fascinating stuff. Quick shout out to That's So Fringy podcast who we were on recently. They had someone on that for the first time in all of my research, I'm not saying I agree with it, but put together an actual plausible theory on what this really is. And I, I'm telling you now, it's it's like it says it's Tartaria, but it's really not. And that's kind of the stuff we're going to be talking about next week. But the last point that people bring up, I think this is going to be a future episode because I'm going to need a break from Tartaria for <laughs> a while. A while. <laughs> a while. Uh, all these things are just, they're little points that I want to point out and give um, some some theories to and then uh, we'll, we'll talk about them some other time. But this is the uh, asylums.
2: Asylums are these Tartarian old world looking buildings that have been taken over and repurposed. You find very similar themes with the same common story, and they all use similar terminology such as being founded or established in 1804 or 1820, but what if these were not created during the 1800s, but were actually taken over after some type of reset? Many of the dates that they give us can be easily manipulated as well, but for the most part. The oldest asylum is in Virginia, and it was founded in 1773. So. Most of these all started popping up around the 1812 to 1850 Civil War time period. And they actually used that as an excuse for why they needed to create even more of these institutions because people were insane after the war and they needed these institutions as places of refuge. History attempts to paint these asylums in a positive light.
0: Alright, so okay. he says history tries to paint these in a positive light. Those these huge asylums. The basic idea is that these giant asylums couldn't be anything but Tartarian architecture because they were too big
2: mm-hmm. and they
0: were built outside of cities that didn't have a ton of people there. Gotcha. What I found and again this is you might maybe this is not a good theory, maybe it's not, but I found a really weird explanation to this. Okay. Uh, I just want to read it really quick. So this comes from this historian uh it says with the start of the 16th century, there begins to also be documentation of privately financed buildings to contain and collect abnormal, however, uh, the abnormal. However, this not just involved the mentally ill, but the poor, disabled, and, un- and unwanted. Most of these people died uncared and unwanted in what we call the madhouse. Hmm. You must understand, however, that again, there was not the same idea of disorders as today and pretty much everyone unwanted could end up in such a situation. This was no medical personnel. There were no medical personnel, no care, and nobody who fed or clothed these people. The most simple idea behind a madhouse was to contain and separate the undesirable portion of society from the rest. Hmm. Remember that. Remember this part; it will become important later. Famous examples to read up on here would be Beth uh, Bethlehem or Bedlam in the UK, which during the seventeenth and eighteenth century even opened its doors for the public to finance themselves, having much more in common with a modern zoo. That you paid to visit them with a hospital. So the wow. first madhouses that turned into hospitals or asylums had little to do with a modern hospital or psychiatric clinical environment. People were chained up if they were regarded dangerous, locked up, kept in their own filth, and exposed to very experimental treatment and methods. Mm-hmm. This is my point: is like a lot of this history. I feel like is just really dark, right. and it's really messed up. And I don't know if that is what is fueling a lot of this to be grouped into. Again, a theory that posits there was a utopia of peaceful, free energy people right. who had n- no war and the only reason that anybody wiped them out wasn't because of anything they did. It was, well, it was bad Europeans and mud floods, right? It was just like
1: right.
0: a perfect utopian society instead of child trafficking, you know, pagan uh, ritual sacrifices and mm. human zoos. and in, And in fact- the other theory that this gets into is saying like eventually the theory became that these people were cramped and if they just built, built bigger buildings, they would stop being insane. So there was one guy in all this some hero and again, this could be all fake, but like there's one guy who's touted as a hero having built bigger buildings for these insane people who are again being used as human zoos to finance crazy like pre MK ultra experimentation on people. Wow. I don't know, man. I don't don't know if any of this episode made sense. My point is, I feel like there's a lot of alternative things that are being not looked into because it's getting grouped into this huge theory. Right. Where all this stuff is like so crazy and it falls right into like conspiracy topics. And instead it's cross Atlantic Asian giants.
1: Uh, Yeah, I visited one of those asylums. There was one um, near where a friend of mine lived in New Jersey that I visited. I was visiting my friend and she was like, there's this like, Abandoned asylum right down the road. You should go look at it. And I was like, okay, um, creepy as fuck. But it, it seems like you, you build this gorgeous official looking building imposing. And then nobody asks questions about what you're doing inside it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know. Like sometimes I just, I think that the history and the answers are just, Uh, This is why I've gone back. This is why I'll go back to saying I feel like, again, for most people, and I've talked to some really uh, interesting, thoughtful people who are going to disagree with me on this. I still think they're wrong, but uh, I feel like most people, they just want a cosplay of conspiracy. They don't actually want a truth. I think they want uh, a, a nice theory that involves utopia instead of slavery and trafficking the dark stuff right stuff yeah the the dark stuff it's not like it's fun to talk about this i understand when people say Tartaria is fun to talk about because it's utopia and free energy and nikolai tesla like it's it's tesla punk which i'm reading my favorite i'm rereading one of my favorite trilogies right now because it's tesla punk and it's super fun i get it Uh, but it's not it's fiction you know what i mean like and this uh, People would rather. think the darker thing is probably the true thing
1: yeah people would rather talk about this than like the finder's cult
0: yeah, yeah. I don't blame them. Finders cult no, sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I made you cry when we did that episode. <laughs> some dark stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. And the, and the asylum stuff was really, really dark. And we should probably get into it at some point. And I think after the orphan,
0: a much needed break from. After a long break. Research.
1: The orphan trains and, and all kinds of like people have been doing dark and evil things for <clears throat> millennia.
0: Yeah. And, and I do and think that's part for of it. Yeah, I do think that's part of why this attracts because, like, there is definitely an atheistic um, Gnostic uh, take on the Tartaria stuff, and then there's the more Christian take on the Tartaria stuff. And I think that for the Christians, it's just hard to accept that our country wasn't really founded on the principles that we think it right. was. That it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't really this wonderful shining beacon Christian nation. That maybe a lot of the favors we got were due to. Um, the worship of fallen angel deities. Yeah. At, at the highest levels of our government. So I don't know, pretty weird episode. I meandered a lot, guys. But you know what? I'm gonna just give myself the out and say <sighs> I've listened to so many Tartaria podcasts that, that meander way more than I did. So I'll just pat myself well, I on the think back a feature. even if it's
1: <laughs> not. Not a not a bug. Like that it, it this did. is what yeah. this theory is. It, it, is. it doesn't have clear through lines and we have to do a lot of work with the theory to make it make any type of sense to talk to you about it. So
0: I can't tell you how many episodes I listened to that were just like, yeah. And then this thing, it's like, how did you figure that out? Well, it'd be cool if it did happen, though, wouldn't it? And <laughs> <laughs> It's like and they just move on. I'm just like, no, I want like I want a through line and I'm having trouble making a through line because I'm doing it to a theory that doesn't have it. Yes, I'm giving it my own guys and maybe it sucks. I don't know, but I'm trying here.
1: I think it's really sus that you haven't talked about the biggest, the biggest evidence for Tartaria that exists. It's tartar sauce. You've just, (laughs) you've ignored it until now. And yes, it is tartar sauce. What do you have to say about tartar sauce?
0: Listen, guys, listen, guys, the Tartarians (laughs) were a seafaring people. So how do you explain tartar sauce if there's no cross Atlantic Asian giants? It just doesn't make you sense. Can't, you can't. You can't explain tartar sauce. You can't do it. Everything I said is 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 crap. It's null and void because I left out the tartar big sauce. one, guys. So I said all that to say this tartar tartaria, great grand tartary. It existed. It was worldwide, and that is why we like white creamy mayonnaise and relish with uh-huh. our fish. Yes. Case closed. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I don't know what to say what I will say. Is a big thank you to Metalcore Morticia for giving us a five-star review. She says, barely hinged in the best way. One of my new favorite podcasts, Abby Aww. and PJ, keep it real even when all the hinges have left the station. Uh, which is often. <laughs> they always try to be fair and honest with a theory while not obfuscating their opinions but pretending to and pretending to go along with it, clearly committed to striving for the truth, even if it's not popular, which I appreciate. I imagine really that she nice. listened to our last Tartari episode and was like. I'm sure they're taking crap for that one as, as we have. So <laughs> appreciate, appreciate you. you guys so much. Again, we're going to wrap it up. I I swear to you next week's Tartari episode. I'm actually the only, it's the only one I'm actually excited for. I've actually <sighs> hated doing this topic, but there's some cool stuff there. We're going to have so many things. We've some crazy plans for October. Uh, some, some spooky territory. Be lit. It's going to be pretty amazing. All right. If you guys listen to this, come over to conspiracypilllocals.com or come over to rumble. Follow us there. Catch us live on a Wednesday. God bless.
1: Bye.